Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we're here today for the Friday conversation. Thank you for hanging out with us this Friday afternoon, evening, or morning, or whatever wherever it is, whatever it is for you, and wherever you are. So, uh, here with a couple of friends, uh, Yolene, you want to kick us off with some introductions? Hi, everyone. Um, so, I am Yolene. I have a small booktube channel called Yolene Reads, where I primarily talk about fantasy books. Excellent. And uh, I'm Matt. I have a somewhat newer um, booktube channel called Matt's Fantasy Book Reviews, and uh, very happy to be here. I've this is my first time doing a live stream for non-work purposes, so uh, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Nice. Thanks to both of you for uh, hanging out. And Alan, uh, I'm sure he'll be joining us here in just a minute. But uh, Matt, I wanted to to talk to you because I've there's been a lot of talk about booktube and how we're moving away from reviews, and I think you're a prime example of when you, if you really are consistent with reviews and you have some good quality reviews, you can really take off and get some, uh, lots of interaction. What, what approach do you take to reviews when you were going to review a book? Um, I've changed my style over time. Uh, I always, so for my reviews on my channel, I like to make it very off the cusp and my initial thoughts. And so when I'm about to finish a book, no matter where I am, I stop reading until I'm ready to record. And then I pick up and hit record and read kind of the last few pages of the book um, while it's recording. And then I'll cut out some of that. And so it's just a couple seconds before, but then I'll, I'll close the book and I'll just give my thoughts. And so I, so I just like to be off the cusp and what I'm feeling in that moment. Um, but in general, I, I kind of like to break things. I have a very like OCD kind of systematic kind of way I look at things. And so I like to go through a few criteria that I look at. So I look at things like, like the plot, the characters, the world building, the fantasy elements, uh, and the characters. And I like to kind of assign smaller scores to those different things. And then overall, my enjoyability about the book, it just keeps my brain kind of focused on different things I can talk about. And then whenever I'm done doing that, I'll go and do a Goodreads review where I'll be a little bit more structured in the way I write it. Um, and I've already kind of gathered my thoughts a little bit so I can talk about it some more. But yeah, I, I like to go no prep. Hmm. I always wondered about that because in your videos, you always have the book and you're like, you're reading it and then you go, I'm done. And then you start, I always wondered if that was just like a stylistic thing or if you are really reading the last bit. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did that with the first book I ever reviewed, and I just kind of stuck with it. Um, I'll have a little note card behind the camera that has the author and the book title and a couple like, you know, what number in the series is it? Because I seemingly just totally forget those things sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then just kind of freely talk. Wow. I'm, I'm astonished that you can do it that way. I usually need to have like an entire script if I do a review. But it's, it's nice if you can do it like that, because that's what I think viewers are interested in, what your immediate thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to start a booktube channel unless I felt like I could do something different. Because there's it's a big sphere, and I was getting so late to the game, and I already watch a ton of channels. Most of the books that I've reviewed are already reviewed by tons of other people. And so I just kind of thought in my head, like, if, if I'm going to do this, what can I do that's different? And I'm certainly not the only person I think that does very minimal editing. Uh, I, I couldn't name who they are, but I'm I'm certain there's other people that do something kind of similar. Uh, but 
you know, that was one of the things I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about these things. I feel like I have a lot to say and maybe people will like that. Uh, I have no idea if they do or don't, or if I do better, or if I scripted it, but uh, that's how I wanted to kind of set myself apart in some ways. And the other way is just, I read it a lot. I mean, I read like, I don't know, 100, 120 books a year. And I oh. thought, you know, if I could review every one of those books, it would make very consistent content that I don't have to really come up with all these ideas all the time where, you know, if I run out of ideas for cool videos to make, I can always just fall back and do my reviews. Cause that's, you know, two, three reviews a week. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I like seeing that. I like that your channel has really taken off and I think the, the, the core of it has been your reviews that you've done. So it, I think, um, I think people still want reviews. They still want to hear your thoughts and kind of a breakdown of what, what the book was about and kind of an idea whether or not they're going to enjoy it. Have you have you found that your opinion changes after like a while, like a week or two after you read the book? Does your opinion usually change, or do you usually stay the same? Yeah, I, I will change it. Um, you know, when I go back and reflect, I find a lot of times that my not so much my individual thoughts, but my overall feeling about the book might go up or down. You know, I, I fall victim to that hype sometimes when a brand new book is out where in the moment I'll feel like it's better than it was. And when I get time to reflect, I'm like, did I really love it as much as I loved the other ones? Or was I just excited and eating up that excitement that's in the community? And so usually my score won't go up over time, uh, you know, it, but it might go down. Hmm. What about you, Yuling? Do you, do you feel the same? Does that, does your score change usually? Yeah, I always fall into extremes once I finish a book. If I don't like the ending, it's like, oh, I hated this book. And if I love the <laughs> ending, I love the book. And then I need to have a little bit of time to just let it simmer and, and think about what, what did I think overall? So that's also why I wouldn't be able to just record right after finishing it, because I would fall into like extremes immediately. I already have that when I start filming a wrap up and I just finished a book and I, I need to like stop myself because in my last one i said well i think that this is the worst book that i've read this year then i started thinking about all the dnfs that's not true <laughs> so do either of you read reviews before you read review the book or do you like to be unbiased in the way that you do it i stay away from them yeah i usually watch them after i have scripted my review just to see if there's anything that I missed that I like really want to mention, but I never change my opinion. So I, I always try to have my own review ready before I go and watch some other people or read something on Goodreads. Um, but usually I pick up a book because I have seen a review in the past. So it's, it's never that I have no idea what other people are thinking. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Matt? Do you, do you watch other or read other reviews? No, I, I, I don't, I don't even read like a back cover. Um, yeah. I just kind of trust that people that I know like something and then I'll just immediately shut myself off from even knowing anything about it. Um, and so I, I like to go in without any expectations and then, but it oftentimes makes my reviews, uh, very different <laughs> than other people. I can finish a review and then go, go watch somebody else's and say like, oh man, am I? <laughs> What did I miss here? Because I feel like I'm the only person that liked it or the only person that didn't like it. But 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I rarely read a synopsis. And the times that I do say, well, I'll, I'll read this one, something gets revealed that I regret reading it when I'm, when I'm done with it. So I, um, how, when you do your reviews, how do you avoid spoiling things for people? Uh, I um, It's hard. You know, I, I don't like to get in. I think the biggest thing is not to dwell too much on the plot, um, that there's other things you can talk about that don't spoil and maybe if you're like an extremist, you might feel like it's a spoiler. But, you know, if you talk about the characters without saying who they are, but the way they made you feel and kind of vague without saying names, but there is a character that does that behaves in this way or they grow in this way, um, you know, or talking about the world, I feel like almost never spoils things for people and what you liked about the world building or the different elements to the that makes the magic system so different and cool. Um, and if you talk about the plot, I think really just things that maybe happen in the first chapter, uh, mm -hmm. you know, without going much further than that, I think is a good way to avoid it. Yeah. What about I you, agree. Yuli? I, I think it's almost impossible to remain completely spoiler free. So I, I uh, read it, I think a couple of months ago on Twitter, and there was like an entire discord about if you say that there are twists in a book, that's a spoiler. And I thought, well, if, if that's a spoiler, <laughs> then I, cannot make reviews because then you're not allowed to say anything. If you say that the book was emotional, well, that might be a spoiler as well. So I think if you watch a review, you need to be aware that you are going to have at least something more of information than before you watched it. But I try to be as vague as possible. Like Matt said, I will not say that a certain character and then say the character name has a certain evolution, but saying that it's grimdark and that you might lose some characters remain pretty vague. I also try to ask myself the question, what would I like to know going in just to have a feeling of what the book is without actually being spoiled. But that's why I try to make my reviews shorter now. When I first started, I thought that I needed to have like an entire list and be as thorough as possible. And my reviews for a book were sometimes 25 minutes. While now I think I wouldn't watch that. I wouldn't watch a review of half an hour because I just want to have a general feel and that's it. So now I try to shorten it and okay, maybe I miss some things, but I think that the people who watch it know what they're in for. What are you mad? Do you try and keep it under a certain length? Or are you muted? Thanks. Me. Uh, I, uh, no, I, I don't try to go for anything, but I find naturally my videos all end up being the same length. Um, I, I don't, I don't know why, but they're all in that 10 to 12 minute range that I, I just can't get out of that kind of sphere. Uh, initially they were a lot longer, but I think as I got more concise in the way that I said things and learned kind of more about how to talk about things, it tightened things up a little bit. And, and yeah, and Yulene, you mentioned that thing about people feeling that the twists are spoilers. Uh, I hate that. Uh, when people get so, it's like, if you feel that you should never watch any review because exactly. you you'll be spoiled about everything if if that's the degree that you're taking things because you know saying that there's a, a twist somewhere in the book or towards the end of the book doesn't reveal anything other than something different happens but there's no way to predict these things and if you had the ability to predict it you probably would have predicted it without knowing that so yeah, yeah. i've heard that about my videos too and i just kind of laugh it off as yeah i'm not going to I'm not going to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And it's it's fair if you don't want to have that information, if you really want to go in blind, but then you also just shouldn't watch the review. Yeah, just play it safe. Uh, our friend Chris is here. He's, I usually give it, leave it a week or two after finishing before I even think about the review. Kind of let it sink in a little bit. Yeah, I feel like my memory is not that great. <laughs> so I'd have to really take notes, I feel like, to do that. Because even a couple weeks later, I mean, I'm doing it now. I'm doing a like my top 100 favorite books of all time. And even books that I read a few months ago, I'll have to kind of refresh myself a little bit on some of the aspects of it before I do that. Because I just don't have that photographic memory to be able to... I almost have to get my reviews out instantly. Otherwise, I'm going to mess up. <laughs> It's almost, and especially with fantasy, it's hard to keep track because there's so many different worlds and so many characters. If you're reading a few books, even in a month, it's hard to keep track of what exactly happened and what the characters' names were and the world building and the magic system. It's it's a lot to remember. Yeah, exactly. That's why series reviews are so difficult for me. Usually, I well, when I first started, I only wanted to do reviews of completed series, but I noticed that the first two books, for instance, I had a general idea, like I, I liked it, but I didn't really know anything of the writing style. Did it change a lot? No idea. And the review was mostly about the last book. So now I try to do the first of the series because that's kind of important as well. And that's then more in detail. And then the series review is just going to be an overview because I don't remember the first book that well anymore. Is, is that something you regularly do is series reviews? I've never gone about doing that before. I used to, but I'm terrible at finishing series. So it's been a while since I had the opportunity. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> Don't shame me, Steve. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, was it Raven Shadow? They still have half the last book to go. Yeah. Almost done. I have 150 pages left, but it was the same way three months ago. So uh, progress is slow. Yeah. So you, know, you read a lot of books at the same time then, Eileen? Yes, <laughs> that and a lot of series at the same time. And especially, I, I usually get behind on, on body reads. So when I don't finish a book in time for a body read and a group discussion, I usually put it on hold to start the next body read. And then the book that I've put on hold, it stays on hold for a couple of months. <laughs> uh, for Nick is here. Uh, the only time I really change my rating on a book is if I reread it later and the things resonate with me differently the second time. Sometimes you read a book and it doesn't uh, comment with you the, on the first go. It doesn't connect with you on the first go. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, especially in fantasy when, you know, twists can be a major feature of fantasy books, uh, you know, more so than a lot of genres. And a lot of books, when you finish it, you might not be enjoying it, but you'll know that if you reread it, that you'd enjoy it more because mm -hmm. you have this different understanding now and you can kind of appreciate things at a, at a way deeper level. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I think for a review, it's also important to review it after the first time around, because most people have not picked up the book before. So maybe you can then mention, like, I've reread it and now my thoughts are this and that. But the first time, this is how I felt. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to find the time sometimes to, to reread. Yeah. 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 Um, and Matt, you mentioned your, your list of your, what was a hundred favorite books. How did that list, how did you make that list? Cause that sounds like a, like an undertaking. Um, 
I, I have a very like obsessive personality. And so I have a Google spreadsheet with many dozens of different tabs where I keep track of everything that I'm reading. Um, you know, the, the scores, the rankings, the series rankings, the book rankings, you know, what year was it made and all this data that I keep. Um, and so it, it was really easy because I, I had already had that list. I already know what I, what all my books are ranked. Uh, and I fiddle with it sometimes when I'm bored. And so <laughs> to make that was simply pressing copy and paste on a pre-existing spreadsheet. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah, that, that was a nice series of videos because I think that you're now f numbers 40 to 30. I just released uh, that one today. And then, so I've got 30 more to go. Yeah, th that was impressive. I, I tried to do the same thing today because I saw your videos. And, oh, that's a nice idea, but I don't rate my books. Yeah. So I didn't even start. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly, I don't know. I, I just, I, I have, to, I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff uh, at a obsessive level, uh, you know, I lists are make me so comfortable. And so uh, it's nice in like this kind of geeky community that we find ourselves in because uh, <laughs> it doesn't make me stand out as much in my, than in my real life, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun in books. When you're going through your list, did you uh, kind of second guess any 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 listing on your spreadsheet that you'd like? Well, this should, book should be higher or lower. Did you make any changes as you went? Yeah, I, I fiddled with it quite a bit, and, and a couple were like, you know, do I really want to have three books from the same series back to back to back? Um, is that actually where they are, or am I just judging them based on the other one? Um, mm -hmm. So I just I spent quite a long time starting at number one and just moving down and saying, you know, going to number two and saying, dude, is this better than the one above it? Uh, yes or no. And, and just going down that. And every now and then I would say, yes, it is. Um, you know, well, is it better than two above it? And then it gets stuck there. And, you know, so I'd say there's quite a bit that got changed throughout the process. Uh, Hans is here. I, I do the same as Yulene, take a bit of time. However, reviews don't matter as much in my opinion. They're, they're more so keepsakes of your thoughts on a book. Like a snapshot, yeah. And our friend Lady Jane Books, uh, talking how a character makes you feel is a great way to discuss a book without spoilers. Brilliant. It's hard to say too much about the plot without you know, giving something away to somebody. Yeah, exactly. And I, I sometimes also wonder if people look up reviews after they have read the book more often then people look up reviews who have not read the book because when I read a popular book and I make a review of that, I have much higher view ratings than when I make a review of an unpopular book. But usually it's people who have already read it wanting to say that they agree or disagree with me. <laughs> so I've started to think maybe I need to also make like spoiler filled reviews because it seems like people are also interested in that. Yeah, although I, I've watched some more popular booktubers talk about that same conundrum uh, and a lot of them have abandoned doing spoiler reviews because they find that people just don't don't watch them um, or mm. you know because spoiler free reviews ap appeal to everybody mm. you know even people that have read it can appreciate a spoiler fr free review but you know it's a very small subset of the book community that 
can appreciate a spoiler-filled review. So I don't know. I've toyed with it too, or maybe just splitting it up in the same video, you know? Yeah. First half, second half, but yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. You know, I, my problem is that I oftentimes want to talk about spoilers with people when I finish it. And I can't when you do spoiler free reviews. And, you know, the one solace I've had now is I started a, a discord where it's like, come, let's talk spoilers, you know, let's do it there. <laughs> Just not on the recorded screen for all the, for everybody to see. Yeah, uh, Nick, Discord yeah. is really easy with that, especially because you can spoiler tag everything if you want to. Mm. I, I think that one of the downsides of having a spoiler-filled video, I, I had one a while ago for Tender is the Flesh, which I did not expect to do well because it's not fantasy, not, not really at least. Yeah. And it still gets views and people still comment on it like extremely thoroughly, which is nice, but I don't remember the book <laughs> that well anymore <laughs> because it's been over a year. So I'm like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. So, so that's also sometimes difficult. <laughs> I guess you're, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, well, they're you know they're coming fresh off of it, and you're a year removed, so it's sometimes it's hard to remember exactly even what you what you know why you thought what you thought about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I made this uh, before I got into the this stage of reading fantasy books where I read a lot. I was uh, really into Song of Ice and Fire, and read it many times and I was like a you know moderator on the subreddit for it and that's all I I thought that was the only fantasy book that existed really and everything else was second class even though I hadn't read it and at one point I made this enormous spreadsheet of every character like all the events like a timeline of everything that happens in the series and it's ridiculously detailed and people are still uh, viewing it all the time and they'll send me comments on it and saying like, yeah, you know, John wasn't here on this date. He was really here on July 2nd. <laughs> and it's like, man, I haven't read that book series in five years. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that is thorough. Yeah. Are you that, uh, Yulene, you've read that series once or twice. Was it once? Once. And I still say that it's my favorite series of all time, but it's been over a decade. So I really need to reread it. I, I think that I will still love it, but... I, I need to reread it to make sure before I make those claims again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, our friend Nick, uh, virtually every back cover blurb I've read is a spoiler, so I don't worry about spoilers anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I find a, a Song of Ice and Fire is a fun example of that I like to give to people on when they say they don't want to read a series until it's finished. And yet you'll find people that I'd say most people that are really into fantasy agree that A Song of Ice and Fire is an extremely good series. And it's just such a good showcase of a series that, you know, you don't have to have an ending to make it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know that it will ever finish, but I will still recommend it to people because the journey, even with the ending that it currently has, which is not an ending, is still such an enjoyable reading experience uh, that I would encourage everybody to read. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You're going to read it in 2023, right, Steve? Yes, January. Yeah, starting. It's happening. In January. Yeah. Oh, you haven't read it yet, Steve? No. Oh, yet. you're in for a fun experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's time. We keep uh, keep putting it off, but we're we're planning on uh, a, a month per book, and then we're having meetups for each one starting in January. So should be fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah.
Uh, Daniel said, if someone is sensitive to spoilers to the point that knowing there is a plot twist is a huge spoiler for them, why would they watch any reviews at all before reading the book? Yeah, exactly, Daniel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's tough to, I mean, that's why I usually avoid anything because I know something will, I'll feel like I had something spoiled for me, so I just avoid it. Mm -hmm. But it does make it difficult sometimes to make a review because you wonder, like, I have a pretty high barrier before I consider something spoilers because I'm a very character-driven reader. So if I know something about the plot, I don't really care that much unless it's like a huge plot twist or you spoil the ending. But I, I know that I'm like more tolerant than others. So it's difficult to try to guess like what can I say and what is too much. But you need to say something. You, you can't just say, well, I thought it was fine. Bye-bye. So it <laughs> needs to be more than that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I liked Matt. I liked seeing your review of uh, was the the Poppy War. The I think it was the last book or the second book. You were trying to you're trying to explain what you didn't like about the book without spoil without giving any spoilers or the because I've read it too. So I was I thought that was pretty funny that you were you trying really hard to not spoil it, but trying to convey what you thought of it. It's really tough sometimes. Yeah, that was hard. Uh, that was an especially hard one for me because I had a lot of strong opinions about the book. I hated it. <laughs> Um, and I was trying to convey why I hated it so much and it was just very difficult <laughs> to, to get out because <laughs> it was so plot driven. My problems were a lot of plot problems, but. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for a second or a third book, it's difficult. Or did you say in advance, like, I do expect you to have read the first book? No, I don't. I try to make them all non-spoiler. Uh, and it gets hard when the series get deeper and deeper. You have to kind of get vague about what you're talking about. And... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think every, it, I, I might be the only one. I know a, like one or two other people that, that I didn't hate Rin, but I, I'm on a short list of people who didn't completely hate that character. Were you a I, fan, Julian? You didn't, did you? Yes. Oh, you liked her? I, I oh. liked her a lot, but okay. I like annoying characters. So she was perfect. <laughs> you're a fan of Jazal, so... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some uh, some first law talk there. Uh, Aaron says, have to agree about spoilers. Even looking at the cover or title is a spoiler. There's so many books out there. I really enjoy brief reviews to get a feel and see if it's worth considering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was not on a video of mine, but I mentioned in a Discord something about Robin Hobb, the, the second trilogy, The Live Ship Traders. And I said something about certain beings being in the book and somebody said that that was a spoiler but it's literally on the cover of the book so if if you watch the cover if, if you look at it you know that those beings are in that series so i thought well, this is difficult if that's a spoiler huh yeah that that happened to me with uh wheel of time is i knew nothing about wheel of time other than it's so popular that i have to read it and i was reading it with no, i knew nothing about it and as i'm reading the first book just a, a little bit in you know there's this concept of the dragon reborn and i'm like i wonder who that is and what's this going to be all about and then i'm looking through future books and I, the third book is called the dragon reborn and a certain character is on the cover of it and it's like oh okay <laughs> we're doing that thanks robert <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah well you you were a fan of uh <laughs> wheel of time too right <laughs> Don't, don't mention that, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I no, might I, have DNF the series after four books. It I thought you really wasn't my yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, 
but from four books in, you should definitely DNF it. I feel like, because you should be really, really into it by that fourth book. Cause yeah. It, Cause it dips and you would have hated your experience if you didn't love it at that point. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first two. And I think for the second one that the ending was phenomenal. And that yeah. was why I continued reading. But after the fourth book, I realized I always liked the ending, but not the first three quarters of the book. So yeah. maybe it's not worth it for like 14 or 15 books if you count the small prequel thing. Right. Maybe that's not worth it. Also knowing that a lot of people talk about the slog. So. Oh. Yeah, the Robert Jordan has a very... Uh, I liked them a lot. I wouldn't say that I'm like obsessed with them, you know, or that, that you know, they're, they're like my all time favorite books, but you're, you're totally right. Is it's a very unique style where, you know, it was just a lot of slow build for an incredible ending. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a little bit a controversial opinion, but I, I thought the the Sanderson books at the end of the series were my favorite. Uh, mm -hmm. They were my favorite three books because he did the Sanderson thing where it wasn't just this slow build. You know, it was constantly setting up these dominoes that would just kind of get knocked over one at a time, you know, throughout the series, uh, which made my it made my journey through the first three quarters of each of those books a lot more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I must say that I also DNF Stormlight Archive by Brandon <laughs> Sanderson, the second book in, but I could definitely see why he was the perfect author to finish Wheel of Time because he has like more or less a similar style, but I do enjoy his books a little bit more than Robert Jordan's. Do you like anything else from him? Like, do you like Mistborn or are you just not a big Sanderson fan? I must say that I really enjoyed Mistborn Era 1, but uh -huh. I picked it up after I was not reading in general for a decade. I think that the last fantasy book that I've read was The Wise Man's Fear when it came out. Yeah. And then I didn't read until two years ago. So then I picked up Mistborn Era 1 and I loved it. And I still think that he is the perfect author for bringing fans into the genre. I don't think that that's easy to be very accessible for fantasy. Yeah. And then I read Warbreaker and Elantris. And Elantris is my favorite. So I could already see that I'm like not a usual Brandon Sanderson fan, but I still had extremely high hopes going into Stormlight Archive. But I think a couple of the things that I don't like with him, he, he's very plot driven. In my opinion, yeah. I don't like how he does characters. And that was yeah. even more present in Stormlight Archive. So that's more like a personal preference. And I'm starting to know my taste better as a reader. So now I, I just know that like the fourth book is coming out of Era 2. Yeah. I didn't like the first three. So I'm just not going to read the fourth one because I don't think that I will like it now. Hmm. Have you read anything by Sanderson yet, Steve? I was advised not to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Taylor from maybe between the pages. And I think you, you, Yulene, I think you both told me yeah. you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's not for you. So yeah, whenever Yulene so. or Taylor tells me like, you'll like this, I'll, I'll read it. But and tell me that you don't, you won't like this. I just, I won't bother. But you did a good job, Yulene, with that wheel of time video. I thought you were, uh, I think it was, it's hard to, to talk about what you don't like without being, um, you know, without going too far, but I thought you did a really great job with it. Thanks. I'm next week. My why I DNF Stormlight Archive video is coming out, oh. and I hope that I'm not too mean. But I always try when I have like a very. I won't say that it's negative, but when I DNF a series, it's it's not something that I like. So I don't really like to call it a review, because it's when I do a review, I try to mention the positives and the negatives, and when I just want to explain why I DNF something, 
I only mention the negatives. So I try to be very clear about that. Like there are positive things. This is just why I didn't like it. And that's it. So I think that that's always like a safe thing to mention before saying all of the negatives. I'm going to predict that that video is going to end up one of your most popular videos you've ever made. Probably also the most downvoted one. I think for the Wheel of Time video, I have more downvotes than upvotes. So really, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Well, wow. I do think that I was quite civil. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people, I, YouTube likes controversial takes. You know, the algorithm loves it, you know, even though you could get the people disliking it. I mean, I, I made a video on, you know, the most overrated fantasy books and I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And it is by far my most popular video I've ever made. It's brought in like over a thousand subscribers to my channel wow. and it's by far my most disliked video. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, 60% upvotes, which is you know, very low. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also, well, of course, it's not nice to have a lot of downvotes, but it's nice to see that people have an opinion about the video. Yeah. yeah. It, it is tough seeing that 60%, though, I'm sure. But, it, you know, it, but it is it is so weird that whenever, I, I think it's just the interaction that people watch or people react to it or people have, um, you know, like you said, people downvote and then they subscribe because they're like, I hate this video. I hate what he had to say, but I want to hear more. So then they, mm -hmm. then they stick around. So it's, it's a weird thing that happens there. Yeah, it really is. And I, I also think that it's important to be f honest and also mention what you don't like in, in a civil way and not like completely bash the author, but it's, it's important for viewers to see, okay, that's what that person likes. That's what they don't like and see that mm. you're not afraid to say both things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I want to, Matt and I were talking about the algorithm. I want to get to that here in a second. Uh, Walking with Books uh, mentioned, commented, I don't read the back cover of a book and only look at a review ones I've read the, once I've read the book so I can find out if someone else has the same taste as me. I think that's what most reviewers look, trying to find someone that they can um, relate to in some way. They get a taste for what that person likes or doesn't like, and then they can kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes bad reviews will will spur me to try a book that I wouldn't have tried otherwise. So yeah, exactly. But Yulene, um, uh, what do you, uh, Matt and I were talking before about how after you hit a thousand subscribers, that something changes with the algorithm. It just you feel it just feels different. Is it our imagination, or have you noticed that too? Well, I've I've been away from BookTube for a while, so I try not to look at the algorithm and not to look at the analytics at all. So I, I don't really know. I haven't really noticed anything. Hmm. Is it is it worse or is it better? It maybe it's just maybe it's just a uh, maybe it's just in my head. But it, it, it things felt a little different. It seems like things changed a little bit. But what did you think, Matt? Did things change for you when you hit that milestone? Yeah, I I don't know if it was just if the algorithm changed or whether I just started learning what the algorithm likes. And then I subconsciously started making videos that do that. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, if you looked at my graph of my subscribers, you know, it took me, you know, probably about six months to get to a thousand. And then. Uh, That's really know, good, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was a very like linear growth. Uh, mm. 
you know, it was the same amount of subscribers per day, pretty much every day, the same amount. And then it just exploded from that point. And so, yeah, it, it was very uh, dramatic once that thousand hit. I can relate to that because now I remember that I think, well, for me, it took a year and a half, I think, before I hit thousand subscribers. And then in maybe two months, I had a thousand four hundred. So that's that's a big steep incline. And I don't know what happened there exactly. I do know that I just gained a lot of subscribers with my 2022 plan and goals video that I did <laughs> in December, but I hardly committed to any of those by now. So that's <laughs> that's not too good. But I, I can definitely see that after I took a break, my analytics are they're not too good. So I, I try just not to look at them because it's horrible, to be honest. <laughs> and Matt, you made a, an interesting point about um, kind of learning what the algorithm likes. Even just a, a word and a title can make a big difference. And it could be the same video, but you title it differently. And it, mm -hmm. it, it, it just performs a lot differently. So I could those little things, that's uh, a good point to make that it's, um, you start to learn what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, there's little things, I, I mean, that when you start to, if you really research it and try to learn it, that you can figure out, you, you, you never know exactly what it's going to like, but I mean, even, even like thumbnails, I mean, so, I mean, I will make multiple thumbnails for every video and then put one on and then swap it out every like 30 minutes and see what it likes and then figure mm. out one that sticks. And, you know, it, it, there's changing the title and messing with the title and, you can visually see the differences between some of these things and it trains you into what, telling you what it likes and doesn't like when you can play with the different swapping and subbing out things. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's a good tip. I uh, once had a big booktuber look at my channel. He He's more into manga and stuff like that, but sometimes he picks some of his subscribers and he looks at their channel and he says, what could be better? And he looked at my channel and he said, well, it, it looks like she makes her thumbnails half an hour before uploading the video. And I felt watched because that was exactly what I was doing. <laughs> at that point. So I, I did change by now, but I, I still don't have multiple thumbnails, but I try to put a little bit more attention to it. And that's definitely something when I looked at my earlier videos, I tried to put as much information in the title as possible. But that's not really how YouTube works. When you're looking at something at the search bar, you, you need to have like certain words there so that your video gets recommended. That's something that I try to learn. I'm still not extremely good at it, but I see the difference. I think the biggest thing about the algorithm is that, I mean, I, my bread and butter is my individual reviews, mm -hmm. but they're, they're never going to get me, they're never going to explode. You know, they will always get what they're going to get. And you know, it's chiefly my subscribers that are watching them and then some other people as well. It's when you talk about many books in the same video that really things start to take off hmm. because now you've multiplied the amount of people that might stumble upon it by, you know, if you do a top 10, now you're, you know, it, it, it has the capacity to be 10 times bigger than the other ones. And so yeah, the more varied books you're talking about in the same video is really when things, you know, take off i mean it, it you can it, it, it'll stay in that getting views thing for a week or two when normally my review videos will only stay popular for about 24 hours or so and then it just totally drops off a cliff 
And uh, Daniel says, nice glass there, Yulene. Thank you. <laughs> Is that your, your cherry, was it the cherry? It's, it's my cherry chouf. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the only beers that I like to drink because it has cherries in them. <laughs> <laughs> so every Friday night, I'm allowed to have one. Nice. Nice. And uh, I always hate doing thumbnails. I'm really, I'm terrible at them. I don't know. I just, Same. Uh, it's yeah, not my strong suit. What, what works for you, Matt? What do you, what, what is your, what is your goal with the thumbnail? Um, I, I just, I, I, I do a lot of research into what other people are doing and what works for mm -hmm. them. And not even just in fantasy, just booktubers in general, the really, really popular ones. Like what is it? What's making it work for them? And can I replicate without just r totally ripping off what is succeeding on, on that level? And so, yeah, I, I borrow, I use that term lightly, but you know, I borrow <laughs> a lot of ideas from other people. I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. So figure out what, what works for them and just kind of start to do some duplication and figure out, you know, what starts to starts to work. What are you, Yelena? What, what tricks have you learned over the past couple of years? Not that much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I do do now is just edit my videos a little bit, make them a little bit lighter, a little bit brighter, which I never did until that big booktuber said that I should. And I hmm. do see the difference there. Also, I, I used to put too many words on a thumbnail or put the exact same words in the thumbnail as what I had as a title. And that big book um, YouTuber also told me like you, you have two different media and you can put two different messages out. Mm. Why do the same thing twice? So now I try not to do that. But other than that, I, I still don't put too much effort in the thumbnails, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think I took it as seriously as I should have at first because it's, it's what people see that they before they click on your video. That's the like your first impression. So if they glance over it, then you're not going to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on, on the mobile version of YouTube, it, it will lead you through sometimes on this thing about like, you know, why are your videos being watched or not watched? And it really changed my perspective on it because it puts you in a lineup with all the other videos in your genre. And it says, you know, does your video stand out from these? You know, and I, I was looking at that going like, no, it doesn't. I wouldn't click on my video. You know, I'd click on theirs. And why, why am I not clicking on my videos? And what makes theirs more attractive? And Those are actually the right questions to ask but I haven't asked myself that before. I must say that I I saw somewhere like, um, but this was from TubeBuddy, which is apparently a program that you need to pay for. Yeah. But I thought that it was from YouTube. And they said, now you can put two thumbnails out at the same time, and then you can see which one performs better. Yeah. And I was mm -hmm. extremely happy because I thought that that was something that YouTube had installed. But apparently <laughs> it's not. But that would be very useful information. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think um, yeah, thumbnails are just, um, yeah, it's sometimes when you look at the analytics, when you start to dig in, you start to ask yourself questions and you start to, it's, you have to be honest with yourself and say, am I wasting my, you know, am I making the most out of what I'm putting into it kind of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's not always easy to easy to look at those analytics though because you you put a lot of effort into it and then it doesn't do anything and then you, you get discouraged so but it's a it's you have to almost be willing to um to admit when you're doing you're just not making the right choices your intention may be right but you're just not making the right decisions that are hurting your your content so yeah i find my effort goes into the to the thumbnails proportional with how well i think the video could has the capacity to do um you know on my on my book reviews i have a standard little template i do and it takes me 10 minutes and you know why would i put out a lot of effort for a video i know is not going to ever do great you know I, i'm doing the video not to do well i'm doing it because i have something i want to get off my chest and i want to communicate with people about it and my goal is not to bring in viewers so why waste my time you know mm -hmm. if i if i think a video has the ability to get you know in that algorithm and get a lot of clicks for a long time then i'll spend you know a good amount of time on it so you know i find it's just doing that value proposition is important Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I'm sometimes afraid of is being clickbaity. While as as long as you're not lying and, and the thumbnail is something completely different than what's in the video, it's it's not clickbait. Right. It's you actually want it to be clickbait, but an honest <laughs> clickbait. But that's something that I still struggle with. Like am am I looking ridiculous here? Which yeah. I probably should just get over myself, but well. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough because you, you feel ridiculous. But like you said, it's it's that line right in that line between being uh, clickbaity but still, uh, you know, conveying what the video is about. Yeah, exactly. And I also never think that somebody else looks ridiculous. It's just when I see my own expression, I go, oh, that, that's ridiculous. But I never think that when I see somebody else's thumbnail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chadia says spoiler reviews are good for people who have read it, and I know some people like spoiler reviews even when they haven't read it, or they haven't, uh, you know, watched the movie or whatever it is. And I, I guess, but I, just, I don't know. I, it's weird to me, but some people yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Parubita, thanks for coming by. She's watching live, so glad you can make it. Uh, Daniel says, I think if you're going to do spoilers on and on, you should split one video instead of releasing two. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best way to go. And for spoilers, I also just like discussions, either live with a couple of people or separately. But I, I like it when you have different people just talking about one book, because then it, it feels more like a book club. <laughs> yeah, you mean like a like a video with multiple people talking about it. Yeah, like what we're doing here, but then yeah. about a book and being it spoiler filled. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I always walk away with a different perspective or different perspectives on a book whenever we do those. It's always yeah. something I haven't thought. It's something I didn't consider or I learned something about um, about the story or, I, you know, we all notice different things. So it's, it's good to have different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah, if you're reading a series. Because mm -hmm. that's that's important going then into the sequel, with with all those new perspectives that you have. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd love doing more of that on having group discussions, you know, about spoilers. You know, my problem is I just don't have 
free time on the times that other people do. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, I'm, my I, work is very busy. I'm on the West coast. And when I have free time to do videos, no, most of the time today's an exception, you know, it's like eight, 9 PM where I am. And most people are asleep. <laughs> yeah. I know how then, that feels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what time is it for you, Eileen? It's 10 or 11 at night. It's almost midnight. Where, where do you live, Eileen? I'm from Belgium. So, okay. uh, Europe. Yeah, it's tough to get all the different people in different time zones together. So it is a challenge for sure. Uh, Chadi says, I think spoiler reviews are good in the long run. I love watching them after I finish a book. Spoiler free is good for immediate reviews uh, to add to the to add books to the wish list, which never gets shorter, the wish list. Never does. Yeah. And Matt, if someone came to you and said I, they're new to fantasy, I, I recommend a book to me. What would you recommend to them? Um, if they're brand new to fantasy, I think I'd have to ask more questions. But you know, I, I I think a good intro to fantasy is something like like the first Mistborn book. I've given that a recommendation to a lot of people. I think it applies to it can appeal to a lot of people while putting enough of the fun twists in it that can tell people whether they're going to like the genre. You know, it kind of blends adult with YA where it can, I think it appeals to a large number of people while also being the right length to not turn people off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that Mistborn is, is the perfect, even if maybe if, if you come from YA to adult or if you're new to fantasy in general, I think that's, that's the perfect one. And also, yeah. if, if you don't like it or you do like it, that gives you a lot of information to then try to give some extra recommendations after that. Yeah, I think this it's fantasy is tough because the size, I think people get intimidated with the size of the books. So it's hard to, it's a big, big investment for, for someone. What about you, Steve? What's your go-to recommendation? You know, I didn't think about it until after I asked the question. Um, that's a tough one. Like you said, I think it's you'd have to ask more questions, but I think something like Game of Thrones might be good. Just something that's uh, yeah. known and popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think even though I I didn't like the series, but John Gwynn is also an author that I think a lot of people could get into because it's fast paced. It's an easy writing style, so I I think that that would be a good one as well. Yeah, it is fast paced. Lots of action too. Mm -hmm. Have you read that series, Matt? Uh, which one? Uh, Faithful and the Fallen? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i obsessed with John Gwen. He's he's my, I think, second favorite writer. Um, I say I think, but I keep data on everything. It's for sure my second favorite writer. Uh, I, I, I love everything he's put out. You know, all uh, nine of his books are high, high-end fantasy books for me. I think he's the most consistently good fantasy writer in my in my opinion. Do you think if if we dislike the original series, the Faithful and the Fallen series, that we will like his second one? No, um, okay. the the of Blood and Bone. Um, what's the new one that he's written? The one well, with the, the big wolf on the cover? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, why am I Shadow of the Gods? Is yeah, it but the it's gods? they got a series name. Uh, Bloodsworn. Uh, yeah, I, I do. So 
he's written technically three different series. You know, he wrote Faithful in the Fallen, which is a quartet. Then he wrote Of Blood and Bone, which is a trilogy. And it takes place like 150 years after um, The Faithful and the Fallen. And then he wrote this new one, which is a totally different world. And so I would actually recommend people to read the the Blood Swarm. I think it's more accessible and it's a better first book. I like Malice a lot, but I think the books got better as they went along. Malice, Malice is pretty slow. Okay. Hmm. Maybe I, I need to give that one a try because it is Norse inspired as well. Right? It is. It's very, it's such a fun mix of Norse mythology and fantasy and has a darker tone to it, which I find works really well for him with how gritty he writes. But yeah, that's a wonderful first book. Hmm. That does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we have to do reread, Yulian. <laughs> who knows? We might change our opinion. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Hans uh, says, when I read a, when I really love a book, essays, discussions, and spoiler reviews are the most likely content watch. And our friend Priscilla, author, friend and author Priscilla Bettis is here. I'm with Chadia. Spoiler reviews are great, but only after I've read the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have, I've had some people try to convince me that people enjoy a story more when they know how it ends, and I just don't see that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people. But I've never tried it, so who knows? But it it, it sounds weird to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I've been spoiled before. And it always made me dislike it more. You know, I, whenever I've been spoiled, I always felt when I got to that moment, like this would have been so much better had I not known what was going to happen. It's mm-hmm. got to be a personal taste thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also don't know if, if you guys reread a lot, but I almost never reread because once I know what's going to happen, I'm just not that invested anymore. Also, when I've seen the movie and then watched the book that it was based upon, I just can't get as invested. So I, I don't want to know how it ends. I want to ask Matt about The Expanse here in a minute. Speaking of watching, seeing the TV show. Uh, but Max said, I'm going through my first read, and though I'm almost done with uh, which, what, um, a, the Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I think Sorry. It's a Game of Thrones. Brain fart. Uh, it almost seems like a reread after watching the show so much. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. that's one thing that's, that's tough for me to to read a series after I've seen the live action, it, I need some separation between the two before I can really enjoy it or feel like I can invest the time in the book. But Matt, you had mentioned that you weren't able to you weren't able to finish the Expanse, right? You didn't you weren't enjoying it. Yeah, my problem with the Expanse is a couple. It's more of a me problem, I feel like, because I am I'm very much more of a fantasy fan than a sci-fi fan, and and I keep trying sci-fi because so many people recommend it to me, and it's you know, it's on the same bookshelves <laughs> and I just, I, I don't love it as much, you know? And so going into the expanse, I constantly liked it, but I didn't love it. And with so many fantasy books with a backlog, what I, of what I have on books that I want to get to, I just didn't want to keep going through a series that I hadn't fallen in love with. And when I talked to people that, about this, they said, you know, you should love it by now. You know, it's, it's not one of those series where, you know, 
wait till the fifth or sixth book before you love it. I think people fall in love with that series pretty quickly. And, you know, within the first book or two. And I, I may end up going back to it, but it's just, it, I oftentimes will put down a book when I'm, when I'm reading it and say, I'm done with it. And then I'll wait a little bit to say like, was that a good decision or not? And am I regretting that decision? And with the expanse, it was one of those kind of liberating feelings of like, okay, you know, <laughs> I moved on. You haven't tried that one, right, Yuli? You haven't read The Expanse yet? No, I, I wanted to. I, I was in a bookstore and I wanted to pick a new sci-fi series, but I barely read any sci-fi and I'm in the middle of way too many series. So I was <laughs> picking between The Expanse, which is a 10 book long series, something like that, Ten, yeah. or a duology. And I'm still very proud of myself that I went for the duology because The Expanse, I'm, I'm never going to finish it, I think. But it is one that I do think that I will like. Yeah, have you seen the adaptation? No, I I think that I watched. I tried to watch the trailer on YouTube, but the first season is already a couple of years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, yeah, about three or four maybe. And and I didn't really like how it looked. It looked a little bit outdated, which often with sci-fi happens quite soon. And my husband immediately said it looks silly, so he wasn't going to watch it with me. So yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, the I'm I'm surprised how good how how good the, of an adaptation they did with the casting and with the story. They did a really great job with adapting that story. I really did like the TV show um, mm -hmm. more than the books. You know, I, I I have a problem sometimes visualizing things in books. You know, that require these big set pieces, and it 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 worked really well for me. The show. Yeah, the the thing the first season was on Sci-Fi, the Sci-Fi Channel, and then it went to Amazon after that. So the the production quality went up a little bit. So if it looks silly at first, it it gets a little bit better. Okay, it's still so I... it, it's not a it's not a blockbuster movie production either. So it's you know you have to t you have to take the good with the bad on that. Lower the expectations. Okay, got it. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, our friend Layla said, "I love the Poppy War series." Same actually, Layla. I. Yeah, I actually really liked the second book. Just the third book was a slog. It was tough to get through. My 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 biggest problem with Poppy War, other than the fact that I just detested the main character and that hurts a book significantly for me, but it's just this idea that when we were talking about spoilers and spoilers can really make or, make or break something is that I'm a huge fan of history. And, you know, I read history books kind of exclusively for a very long amount of time. So I already know what the Poppy War is. You know, I, I know that story very intimately. And so nothing felt surprising. You know, the only surprising things about the Poppy War for me was that the, the, the gods and, but the story itself, I mean, I'm familiar with Mao. I know his exploits and I don't need to go hear about it again i i already don't like the guy uh, you know <laughs> so <laughs> you yeah. meant six o'clock eastern time or right eastern, yeah. <laughs> i was talking to matt before i always i always use eastern time i'm not sure why i'm in mountain time and i always give eastern time 
I'm in central time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, glad you can make it. Yeah. So I, th- I literally thought we were backstage and Matt was oh. like, war, and I was going to be like, heck yeah, like Rip and Nanjing. And then I saw comments and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are, we are live, Alan. So no, no, yeah. Why didn't one of y'all three message me and say, Alan, where are you? I'd have been like, oh crap. I've been I've been walking around my house like a like a like a fool looking through my D and D manual, being like, I got this book already. Gonna mail it back. Hugs <laughs> around, eating two pieces of cheese like straight from the freaking pack. Just walking around, like, just living your best life, Alan. <laughs> Someone should have messaged me and said, Hey, Alan, are you gonna be on this thing? Just think, dang it, I'm so sorry. No, that's right. I was, I always do Eastern time, so that was that was my fault. So I feel so bad. Time zones are my arch nemesis. Alan, what's what's your thoughts on Poppy War? I feel like it. I feel like you'd have some problems with it. I think the Burning God's a bad book. Um, have you read all of them? I have. I so the problem just liked them significantly. Here or not? We're not doing that. Uh, yeah, not major. Them. Yeah, uh, that's no, fine. So yeah. I, I liked the Poppy War because I mean, again, it was also one of the. It was a, something I read early on book two. Um, I I liked it because it's based on the freaking like the Opium Wars and um like I like 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 I'm interested in that time period, the century of humiliation. I mean, not for the Chinese, but I'm just interested in like I like the East India Trading Company. I know that makes me a horrible tyrant, but like I I like the East India Trading Company. It's fascinating to me, trading houses. Yeah. Um, and so like my minor, like sorry, my major is international studies to focus on East Asian history. So like I also knew about it, but the thing is I liked it because it was about that. Now I don't like Ren, and I thought um, Dragon <laughs> Republic was my favorite of them. And then Burning God was like, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but what if you didn't waste my time with part two that literally took forever and then resolved as if we could have just not had this part? Yeah. yeah. And then the end, like I know what she's trying to do, but one, I knew it was going to happen because everyone's talking about how much they're freaking crying at the end of this book. So I already knew it was going to like what's going to happen because everyone's like, oh my gosh, Quang. because you understand Kwong has Kong Kwong has the cult of RFK. So like everyone who reads her stuff, like it, it's everywhere. It's like, oh my, like uh, praise the Lord. I live in the, I wake up every day and thank the Lord. I live in the time of Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Kwong. And I'm like, that's a little extreme. Like I love Terry Pratchett <laughs> and I still never said that when he was alive. Um, it's just, it's just a little much and I get it. It's the age of hyperbole. That's fine. And I do hyperbole more than anybody, but so I already knew it was going to happen. <laughs> And like it happens to like everything happens too fast. I'm supposed to believe that this like that this relationship shatters in a matter of seconds when it's like a relationship that's lasted like and don't even get me started with like she can't make up her mind on how Neja's characterized like in one in this chapter. He's a psychopath in this one. Like, who are you, dude? Like, is this whatever movie that was in Night Shyamalan or is this identity from with John Cusack and Ray Liotta or whatever? I don't know. I don't. I think. I think Burning God's bad. Like I think. I think it's a badly written book. And yeah. at the beginning, she literally says, "Oh, sorry, you got to bring your tissues." Like I said in my video, don't tell me what to bring. Like, don't tell me that this is going to be sad. I don't think it's sad at all. I think it's sad about the wasted potential about an, what could have been an awesome book. But I like the first two, so I probably don't hate it as much as you do. Yeah, um, I, I like the first one. Um, I, I my opinion started to wane a little bit, and then I just I absolutely hated the third one. It's one of the worst books I've, I feel like I've read in the last couple of years. 
you know, oh, and I, you have some hot takes though. Like that's I true. You, I was with you that whole video. And then like right at the end, you're like, just to make sure Alan's still watching. Hey, what if I like <laughs> literally, what if I crap all over the books of Babel? And, uh, <laughs> like, so now, now I've declared holy war. So now yeah, I yeah. I, man, if I could have you through nine tenths of a video, feel like that's a good uh because those are some unpopular opinions that you had i was just like whoa does matt like i guess matt didn't want to be on booktube anymore uh <laughs> you're just like setting the world ablaze some men just want to watch the world burn and that's what uh that's what matt was doing like look all these people every one of these bloody people in your comments is in my discord it's a bunch of them that are my friends not one of them messaged me not one not <laughs> one message me not one joanna holy war on you anitha that's your last betrayal, holy war. Um, Tori, holy war. All of these people, any one of them could have said, hey, Alan, you're an hour late. I, I probably should. I, I didn't want to be a bother if you were. I just figured you were busy and you had no, something come up. No, so I didn't, I didn't no, want to be I'm a pest. Stupid. Like, I'm just yeah. stupid. Like, I, and, and I was in the bathroom and I was like, you know what? What if it's central time? What if it's Eastern time? And then I was going to check when I got out of the bathroom and I forgot because I started talking about... <laughs> What was I talking about, honey? Oh, some of something was making me mad, so I was walking around getting lathered <laughs> up. Um, anyway, I feel like I, oh, I was, oh, I'm not even gonna talk about that on the internet because I don't have that's a terrible opinion. I'm sure everybody's gonna jump down my throat about that too. Anyway, Steve, I feel like I busted into your like because you have this nice like like smooth jazz Kenny G like like coffee house like that's that's your channel, and I literally like I literally just kicked in the door and started being like. <laughs> Woo! And just start like knocking stuff over. Like I feel so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's bring things down. I just busted and started yelling. Sorry that's about that. Right. No, that's good. Uh, no, we were we were talking about reviews and approach to reviews. What's what's your approach to reviews that you you do on your channel? What? Oh, what I'm gonna is make up an hour of time, man. Jolene and Matt, I'm so sorry. I missed y'all's approach to reviews. Y'all have to give me one one sentence summary after this. I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm an hour late. I feel so bad. No, that's no big deal. Glad you can make it. It's no big deal, and yet Steve's never going to invite me on again. Oh come on, Last you know time. that's not true. Yeah, you know. Um, true. So my approach to reviews, I don't know. I guess I like. I want to tell people if I liked the book or not. And so, spoil <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> What is he, what are you laughing at? Um, so, I don't okay, so as far as spoilers are concerned, I can't cover this. Like, because again, th there are channels that like are just like it, it, there, there's a there's a what is this called? A spectrum of spoilers that you can have. For me, it is always if I if it's on the back of the book, it's not a spoiler. And if it would be in the trailer to the movie, and I'm not talking, and everyone's always like, well, trailers ruin the whole movie. Now I know I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about when you used a trailer to like get you in to see a movie. Like, like I don't know how old y'all are. If y'all remember the, the age before the internet where we had to actually watch the trailer to know if we want to see a movie or not. Yeah. Um, uh, like if, if it's on the trailer to get you in to see the movie, I don't consider it a spoiler. Like I don't. So a bunch of inciting incidents, if it happens in the first two chapters, it's not a spoiler. Like, I'm sorry I ruined the first 30 pages for you. Like, did that really destroy the whole experience of the book? And that's fine. People that watch my channel know that. Like, I, like I'm not gonna, I, I don't apologize for that because otherwise I can't talk about the book. Like, I, I, I personally can't. I know other people can. I am not skilled at it. I have to reference, like, the things that happen. So that's my – and then 
I also, I take notes in my little, in a little journal thing. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, it's all the way over there. I don't want to get up and get it. Um, and so then I'll dog ear a bunch. So, oh, oh no, now you're I'll, definitely not getting, I'll, now you're I'll, not I'll getting about it. Snap out of a book if I don't have my journal on me, just like, just dog ear. Um, oh, and so. then I'll write the notes later. And then I try to, sometimes I end up talking so much about like the thematic stuff that I forget to say what the book's about. And I'll be editing and I'm like, I never said what this book was about. I just said like, it really discusses like the, you know, the problem between revolution and it's whatever. It's like, well, it has other stuff too. Like, and you could read about, you read the little red, little red book and be about revolution. Um, but I don't know how to talk about it the way people like Dr. Philip Chase do. Like, I, like, I don't, like, I don't, like, I was never great at writing those kind of academic analysis papers anyway. Like I, I say words like crap in my review. I'm like, yeah, and I don't like that crap that this guy does. This guy's a douchebag. Forget him. That guy can get, get out of the thing. And so it's not like off the cuff. Cause I, I do have notes. Like I'll look at, I'll look at a point and I'll try to find all the points that like, so if I'm talking about like revolution, like with fury song, um, I have a bunch of notes about how, um, I think she writes really good realistic revolution. So here are the things about that. And then I will talk um, about that. And then I'll have, I'll just stop. And there's a big, big gap in the, in the footage. And then I'll look at my notes again and be like, okay, now I need to talk about this thing. And then I'll talk. But my approach is like, I don't know. I want people to know if they like the book or not. Um, and the thing is when you watch booktube enough, you end up, you end up like figuring out if people are, you know, like Anitha, Anitha likes every book I recommend to her. So like it is in Anitha's best interest to read the stuff that I read because, you know, and I do the same thing. Um, a lot of times I'll read stuff that people like, and I'm like, I don't like this book. Like, why do you like this book? But I'm still friends with them. Like, I know most of my friends read crap. Like, and I'm, and you know, I'm like, this book sucks, but I guess I'll read it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Do, do you prep very much for your reviews or do you kind of just take your notes and then just run with it? Um, so I have to, I reread my notes because I'm bad at filming. Like, like um, Matt, I don't know if you've been seeing my comments. Like y'all need to watch Matt's channel. Dude predicts when he's going to finish it. He's like, I'm going to read this. I think I'm going to give it five stars. I should finish this on November 8th. And I'm like, th there would be no point in me doing this because I will never read it in the time that I say I'm going to read it ever. It's impossible. I can't do it. <laughs> I said November 8th. The only thing you can guarantee is that it's not going to be done on November 8th. That's the only thing you can guarantee. <laughs> I can't, like, and, but the thing is, I love that kind of regimented. Like, I love, I love that structure. And I had a lot of that, like, when I first started BookTube. And then I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I, like, I, I'll lucky if I, I'm lucky if I get, rid of, get through this one book. So because I don't do reviews right after I've read it like you do, which is, I should do that. I don't know why I don't. It's because I don't want to, because reviews are hard. Reviews yeah. are hard to film, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because it's hard, and I have to do hard stuff all, all day in my job, and all I want to do is read and play Dynasty Warrior 7. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to film a review. And so I get, a, I get a backlog, and so I have to read it over, and then I just talk. I... I don't, I know like Leslie, Nerdy Narrative, 
she will, if she messes up, she will go back and refilm like the whole segment. I, if I mess up, which I do, I just go like my blooper footage is all me going because I've messed it up again, pause. And then I'll just, I'll start like two words back. Um, (laughs) But otherwise I just kind of run my mouth. Sometimes when I'm editing, I'm like, Hey, there was a better way to say that idiot, but I'm like, Oh, well. Um, And sometimes I'll say things and I'm like, this is the internet. Could that be taken the wrong way? Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth it to find out. So I'll cut it. Um, Sometimes I'm like, eh, it's me. It's probably fine. I have Asperger's like, it's it's not my fault. Um, And so like, yeah, I just go, I just read my notes and then, and then just talk. I'm not good at preparatory work because if I have to prep a lot, I'm not going to do it. This is why I struggle with like those really cool, like in-depth videos that a lot of people do. Like I'm going to, we're going to do a deep dive into like, and I'm like, I would love to do that. That's too much work. Like it was yeah. like, I, I already have to be making freaking slides, PowerPoint slides for school and grade papers. It's like, like I want to do it and I will. It just, it takes me like six months to do a video like that because I will work on it. Like when I have like a, ba- a burst of energy, I'll like do like, you know, if I want to deep dive on Sam Vimes, which I want to do from, from uh, Discworld, like I want to do a, I want to do a, a Sam Vimes deep dive because Sam Vimes is my like favorite fictional character. Like, and I'd like, he's my hero uh, is Sam Vimes. So I want to do that, but it's going to require me combing through the books again. And it's just so much work. Yeah. And so, so like, if I have a good day, I'll be like, okay, let me look at guards, guards. And you know, so it'll just take forever. Does that answer your question? I don't know if it does. Yeah. No, I, I, I hate editing. I just refuse to do it. I, I try to go first take. You know, I love watching people that do that. Like uh, Brian Lee Durfee does that really well. I love how he uh, will often mess up something and be like, all right, we're going to edit that out afterwards, knowing full well that he's <laughs> oh, never edited yeah. anything in his life. <laughs> Thank you, Austin and Joanna. That's very nice. They're saying nice things. Um, yeah. yeah, like like that, Matt, I hate editing. Like I have literally, I, I filmed... I filmed five videos in a day, which I've never done since I've been on booktube. And that was on October 16th. I have put two of those out. I have three of them. They're sitting there <laughs> because I don't want to edit them. Like, I don't want to edit it. Like yeah. I'll sit there and I'll be like, I could get up and I could, because especially like I've started doing history videos. Right. And I want them because I love them so much, but it takes so long because I have to put in like map inserts and like anything that's going to, I'm going to have to put a clip in. I'm going to have to spend time trying to find a clip. I'm going to have to be anything that requires a lot of editing. I know is going to take me forever. I don't want to, I won't want it to do TBR easy. Boom. This is going to take me 30 minutes to get this TBR video out done. But like, and reviews, reviews to be fair are generally don't require a lot of like extra clips. So I actually edit them really quickly, except unless that, unless I have trouble voicing my thoughts and I freaking stammer over my words all the time. Then I'm like, I'm going to have to make a cut like every, I'm going to have to, it's going to take forever. Like my hero of ages review is 47 minutes of unedited footage. And I don't want to put it out because I bad mouth a character, a beloved character. And I did it in my discord and my friends jumped down my throat. I can't (laughs) imagine what my enemies are going to do. So that's going to, I wonder how long it's going to sit there. I have a review. I reviewed the hammer by KJ Parker in December. I filmed the review in December. It is on my, you know, on my computer, and I still haven't edited it. I I have that footage. 
for that review, but it's 45 minutes long. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I, it was a struggle to get through. So I'm like, I don't want to edit that, but it was 10 months ago. I should oh man, Alan, my oh. OCD wouldn't let me do that. Like I, if I had a video on my computer more than like 24 hours, I'd have a mental breakdown. So, so Matt, I currently have four, four videos on my computer that are not edited. You're, four. you're like actually giving me heartburn. Oh yeah, me too. The thing is, the thing is, it also bothers me. This is, okay. why, this is why I'm de like I'm depressed all the time. But it's just not enough. It's not enough to make me do anything about it. Like because, <laughs> because I'm depressed and overwhelmed, that's why I don't edit it. Because I'm like, no, Dynasty Warriors saving China calls. I have to save the Han. <laughs> anyway sorry i hope that answers your question <laughs> yeah. yeah we did have a question from austin uh what are all the panelists favorite books or series at the moment i'm interested don't all go at once oh <laughs> i feel I like i'm my all-time favorite series is malazan um I, I don't imagine that getting upset anytime soon. And so, yeah, I could reread that many times over. What's your favorite of the 10? The, the last one. Oh, Cripple uh, God. That's the Cripple God. Except that. Love the Cripple God. Except Love that. Bone Hunters. Yes, Bone Hunters is a great answer. Um, Love Memories of Ice. Mm. How, do you feel about, how do you feel about Toll the Hounds? I... I I, I really like Toll the Hounds. Um, it's way more philosophical than the other ones. It's very different. and But I felt like the, the ending of it is probably the best part of Malazan in the entire series. I mean, I get that. I get that. The ending was... The ending was okay for me. I didn't care about anybody in that ending. Like, not, not, a, not a bleeding one of them. I'm like, what if we went to characters I cared about? Where is... Well, there's one character I cared about there, but he, he didn't do enough. Um, that book would have that book could have done with 50% more of the character I'm talking about, and I would have loved it. And yeah. if I hear the word Kalik again, which I did see in God is Not Willing, I saw the word Kalik, and I immediately took a picture of it and sent it to Joanna and said, I can't read this book anymore. I'm <laughs> so sick of hearing about that thing. Um, I will say Total Hounds is one of my bottom. It's in the lower tier for me. These are That, that, is, that is a good response. That's a good response. I I don't hate Toll the Hounds, but it is it is my least favorite, like by far. Um because I I don't care like about anything that's happening in it. And everyone always tries to tell me how deep it is. I'm like, okay. Like I didn't read that book. I don't know what book you read. <laughs> I read I didn't Dust of Dreams was definitely my least favorite. In 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 part because it just didn't have a it didn't have a, like an ending. It ending was good though. It was good, but you know, it's. I feel like I would love it so much more if it was. It's supposed to be nine books. It's supposed to be the last two books combined into a gigantic two thousand page book, and I would have loved it so much more if that was what it was. Yeah, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been able to uh, to withstand the binding. Right. What about you, Yulene? What's your favorite? Well, I should say a song of ice and fire but i need to reread that one to be certain and then it's well i'm reading the phaedra trilogy the first one is kashil's dart by jacqueline carey but i haven't finished that one yet but i do think that that's going to be my top three at the very least and then for sure realm of the elderlings 
which might be my favorite series once I finally finish it. I'm on to the last trilogy. I have extremely high hopes. So I gave um, a Whoa, sorry, that's me talking, sorry. Oh my gosh. I gave <laughs> Assassin's Creed one star. Which one? I haven't read Robin Hood. Yolene, please don't. Oh. No. Okay, just, I was. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's I'm, not funny. I'm just trying to rouse the rabble. Just trying to <laughs> set everything ablaze wherever I go. Um, Alan, your your Discworld's got to be yours, right? Uh, so um, the problem is, whenever I do like a top ten list, um, like Terry Pratchett always tops the author. Um, Discworld, Discworld specifically, the City Watch. Um, the City Watch is going to be my, is it, like nothing is ever going to to topple it. Um, yeah. I read Snuff for the first time because I hadn't. I had stopped reading fantasy for a long time, um, like before before uh, Pratchett died. And so I had never read Snuff, um, and I I loved it. I was told it was like mediocre. No, it's way better than Thud. Um, I love Snuff. Um, like it was, it was so good. It, I, it, I'm ending. I'm near the end of my Discworld journey. I've been reading it chronologically and loved it. City Watch by absolutely obsessed with. But I have heard the same about Snuff. It is. Better. It made me feel like maybe I should not even read it. No. It is no, 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 no. It is significantly better than Thud. Um, I, I don't like Thud. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think it's the weakest guards book by far. I know that K Fox loves Thud, and and that's cool. But it's not, it's, it's not for me really. Um, it's uh, but Snuff is amazing. Like I, I really like Snuff. Like the anger of Vimes and just small town small town elite bigots who think that because their family is someone that the rules don't apply to them that will always get me riled up always sam vimes like is my spirit animal like i wish i was sam vimes so i could you know i could actually actually fix crap um the the one thing that's weird about snuff is the patrician is weird in snuff and again it was written it was written like at the the you know basically the height of his disease and so he was like having to dictate everything and yeah so stuff felt a little off um and i'm glad that, that that's the reason why because i was like why is veterinary shouting i'm like veterinary that's not, shouting. That's not him at all. i know him. i know there were multiple exclamation points used in the patrician's dialogue i'm like really veterinary getting emotional that's weird um so that was bizarre but the other stuff like top of the line Pratchett stuff. It was good. You definitely should read. Awesome. I will. I will keep it on. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so City Watch Discworld for me um, is. I mean, it's always going to be one of my favorite series. Like, I, I, or my favorite. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to to top it. Um, Long Price Quartet is way up there um, because I've never like there has not been a series that I've read that I have thought about more after finishing it. Like, I finished Long Price Quartet last, like last last march and i'm still thinking about it like march of 2021 and i like i still think about it all the time like i want to reread it so bad and the fact the whole series like 1300 pages total um some of my favorite character work ever which is weird because i usually don't like these really slow moving like i guess nobody's gonna do anything really we're just gonna stare at our stare at the the carpet for 200 pages um but it's just good i just like it a lot um and then what other series do i like i don't know what other series i like I always forget when everybody anyway asks me. I don't even know what I like anymore. But what about you, Steve? 
Oh, there was a. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not aggressive. I didn't mean it to be. No, I know. Um, I think Derry had a question about uh, how I feel about reading The Song of Ice and Fire as a newbie starting in January. Um, oh, you've never read it? No, not yet. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, starting in January. Uh, so I'm I'm a little bit concerned because if I watch a live adaptation that I read the book, then I, I have a hard time engaging with the book too much. The Expanse is probably an exception because it's so close and they're really easy to read. So I'm uh, I'm optimistic. I like the story. I'm just um, so I'm optimistic about it. There's enough that goes on in A Song of Ice and Fire that they could not fit into the show that I think you'll find that it it's it's different enough that I think you'll find a lot it of is, enjoyment out of it. It is very different. I watched the first two seasons of the show, um, and it was they. There's a bunch of different stuff. Um, the books yeah. are better. They had they had to cut out a good amount. I mean, you would have never been able to fit a book into a season like they were trying to do. There, I didn't say you said snuff was mediocre. I said other people did. Like the reviews and stuff said it was like mediocre. Not never you, Gary. You wouldn't say any Discworld book is mediocre. Even Pyramids, which is a bad book. Didn't you like Pyramids, Matt? I love Pyramids. That that that's not an opinion that anybody can have. Like that, who who paid you? Like that that cannot be a not bought opinion, Matt. Like you liked Pyramids? Oh man, see, I see. I really, it's I'm, I'm really so bad. I really enjoy uh, <laughs> Egyptian history, and so why not? Why not read an Egyptian history book? This better. Well, yeah, pyramids is so bad. Now I've read pyramids one time, fifteen years ago, so <laughs> it's possible I won't hate it quite so much this next time. Important, but I give it a one star, and I like go out there and like throw tomatoes at it just because. <laughs> But I will read it again. Yeah, I mean, Alan, this is true, but you, this is also coming from a guy that doesn't like the Powder Mage, and so I don't know that I could ever, you know, trust your opinion on on books. Oh, shots fired, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I just want to upset Alan. What? You like the, you like the Powder Mage? No, I don't like the Powder Mage. I love the Powder Mage, Alan. Is that true? Or you? It is true. Out? Are you serious? I will admittedly say that I have not read other Flintlock fantasy books. Can you tell me why you like the Powder Mage? I need to know, Matt. I'm, I'm going to put you in a in a glass jar and yeah. study you. Like I have to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why. Uh, because the plot is awesome. The characters are awesome. The magic system is awesome. The world is awesome. You keep on saying that word. Alan, do you have a do you have a Flintlock fantasy book that I should read that will make me say um, I don't know what I'm talking about? You should read. I mean, no. Okay, so here's the thing: I haven't sold a million copies of a book. I don't have a book that's got 265,000 ratings on Goodreads, and so you know what? More people like Powder Mage than don't like it. I, for some reason, I like I I'm still reading Powder Mage. I'm still reading because I want to like Powder Mage. Like I desperately want to like Powder Mage. The first chapter of Promise of Blood is oh, it's so, so good. good. It's it is so good. So good. And even the first several chapters, and then all of a sudden something happened, and I'm like, "What is the book I'm reading now?" Did the same person like? Did Sanderson write the first part for him, and then like he took over afterwards? Because I'm just like, I don't know what this book is, and then. The novellas, Matt, 
I've not tried the. I, I don't read novellas. I just won't do it. Don't, don't, because <laughs> the novellas, they're every noble, every noble in 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 McClellan's world has one 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 uh, personality trait, and it's the utter disdain for commoners. That's it. That's it. That is their defining trait. They hate commoners. They're going to tell me how much they hate commoners. That like it's it's so bizarre that I'm just like. Y'all know that nobles thought about other stuff besides how much they hated poor people, right? Like they did. Like they probably didn't actually think about nobles, at, uh, poor people at all. Like they're they're not. Like why? I mean, you say this, but I feel like if you were noble, you would also hate commoners, Alan. I don't think you think about them. I think you think about them the way that. Do you think about a lamp post when you walk past it? I don't because I'm better <laughs> than a lamp post. Like, and I think that's what. Anyway. What really got me is the siege of Tilper. It's bad. Like I'm like, he has these are not these did not edit. These are self published. The siege. The guards get off the wall because it's raining. You don't pull the guards because it's raining. Then all anybody has to do to win a siege is just wait till it rains and then scale the wall. There's no one on the walls. It's like, dude, come on. And then. There's one called Hope's End. And what it is, it's a forlorn hope. There's a word for it. When you create a breach in the wall and everybody's running through and everybody's getting killed, it's called a forlorn hope. Like that's what it's really called. But he calls it a hope's end. And I'm, why? Why would you not call it a forlorn hope? Because you have rear admiral and lieutenant, you have all these other in like normal world words. Why are you calling it that and not a for it's called a forlorn hope, McClellan. Like it hasn't, why are you renaming it? Anyway, it's not here nor there. Uh, the magic system is very cool. I love the magic system. Um, and I don't know, Matt, Matt, why are we destined to be enemies? And who, who said Alan also liked Fall of Babel? You're right, because Bancroft is a masterful writer and I don't hold it against him that I didn't necessarily enjoy everywhere the last book went, Max. <laughs> I just got sold a false bill of goods with, with those books, you know. I and it, it part of it's my problem. That wasn't Senlin was boring. No, I like I like. Hey, I love Senlin. I don't like the other characters you in that don't story. Like Edith Winters? No, I don't like Edith Winters. I wanted what I wanted was not what I got. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> no, no. I, I get that. I get but that. I, I wanted more Very of the first book. From book one. Very different. I wanted these little adventures. I wanted a, you know, like a modern day kind of odyssey kind of, you know, we're going to go on these little adventures and you get it. Consider them, them in the airship trying to find out what's going on in adventure. It is, but it's a lot. It's not these. Oh, it, it's not episodic. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, it felt so different to me. It's like, I'm, I'm used to reading these fantasy books. And I was like, oh man, every book I'm going to get, you know, four or five of these little fun adventures. I'm going to see this different scenery. I'm going to get this totally fun, crazy environment that's very radically different than the previous one. And then they just got stuck and spent an entire book in one location dealing with characters that I had not fallen in love with. And I just got less and less Senlin and I wanted more and more Senlin. And so I, I, my I fall for expectations sometimes, I feel like, and I shouldn't. I have terrible opinions. Ask anybody I know. My opinions are bad, so don't even. Uh, and Tori, I know that self-pub doesn't mean not edited, but if 
if you have your guards leaving the walls when it rains, that didn't pass through anybody's hands. I promise <laughs> you. I promise you. Um, no, I mean, my opinions are bad, so I don't know why anybody listen to me. Um, that's just odd because most of the time people don't care for Sinlin Ascends and then they really like Arm of the Sphinx. And it's because the same reason that you don't like it is it's right. vastly different than, um, than Sinlin. I love Sendlin. A lot of people that don't like the last book are like, well, Sendlin doesn't do anything. Like, it's hardly, Sendlin's hardly in it. I'm like, what do you want him to do? Like, he didn't get superpowers. He's still a schoolmaster with no powers. What do you want him to do? Like, what do you, what do you want Sendlin to do? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, Jen had a question. Uh, have any of you read uh, Jen Lyons' A Chorus of the Dragon series? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I can't believe I was late. I have not heard. I have not read that one. <laughs> I've not. It's on my TBR. It was on my TBR for this year, but it's going to be postponed to next year. What are you reading currently, Yolene? Um, the Crystal Cave by Mary Stewart. I started it today. It's an Arthurian legend retelling. First book was published in the 1970s. And I think that Sarah Reeds told me that it was a great trilogy, I think. Um, so I'm, oh, I started right. it today. I'm 200 pages in and I'm absolutely loving it. It Very has five star potential. So that's the one. I think that's the one that she likes. That she says she likes, like as much, if not more, than the Warlord Chronicles. Which I was like, "What? There's no way it can be better than Warlord. It's so good." Okay, all right, Max. I mean, that's fine. Like, but <laughs> do you like Sanderson? Because if you do, if because if you do, you're violating his number one doctrine, which is journey before destination. No, travel <laughs> sucks. Um, I get, I get why people don't like the ending, but it doesn't ruin what came before for me. I don't know. Anything I'm on, Joanna, is a bad opinion, like uh, unpopular opinions. <laughs> I don't like a lot of things, like Sazed in book three. <laughs> um, because of the Dawn is good. Well, the, okay, so the thing is, you should read, especially the history guy, you should read The Thousand Names by Django Wexler, which is book one of the Shadow Campaigns, but you can just read that one, and you don't even have to continue if you don't want to. Um, yeah. It's based on like Napoleon's like Egypt campaigns, uh -huh. um, and it's 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 good. I love it a lot. Um, that first book is really really good. Um, awesome. Yeah, and then Guns of the Dawn is also great Flintlock fantasy, but it also has like some North by Northwest or Pride and Prejudice in it. So like the first like hundred fifty pages like Jane Austen, and then it's like straight up like Flintlock fantasy. I like I love it too. It's excellent. So those are my two recs for Flintlock. I'm on a quest to find good Flintlock, which is also why I'm reading. Uh, Powder Mage as well, because like it's the most popular, like it, sure. it, it shines the biggest light on the genre, which pleases me because it's my favorite of the sub genres. Um, I just love that kind of low tech um, in my fantasy books. So well, is, Stephen Allen, what books are you guys reading right now? Oh, I am reading uh, The Thousand Full Thought by Baker, the third book. And, Everyone's reading Banker right now. Yeah, and uh, Wrathbringer by Christopher Brennan. Nice. I am reading John Williams's Augustus, which is entirely possible may become one of my top favorite books ever. Like because I read Stoner, and John Williams is a brilliant writer. Brilliant. I love the way he, I love his writing style. But now I'm reading letters written by ancient Romans in Augustus's time. I'm reading a letter from Cicero that is made up, but it has like the pieces like 
you know, he's saying like Augustus is nothing. This he's just a boy. Cicero really did say that. And I'm reading it, but it sounds exactly like I would picture Cicero sound like, I think the boy admires me. Of course you think that, Cicero. You're a twerp. Um <laughs> and the prologue, like the first three pages is a is a letter from Julius Caesar to his niece about um about uh his his great nephew, uh Octavian. And in three pages, he captures the brilliance, the arrogance, the political like masterclass and the anger that like that's of Julius Caesar in three pages, in a three page letter to Atia. It is it is so good. And then, you know, there's only two letters from Caesar before he bites it, which sucks because I love the Caesar letters. Anyway, I am because because that's my you know, that's my that's my bailiwick, you know, freaking ancient Rome. And it's John Williams. If it keeps going the way it's going, like this may be this may be a new like all-time favorite book for me. And I, you know, I I don't want to be like that guy who's like, I've read 30 pages of this 300 page book and it could be an all like I don't want to be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy right now. Uh just because I think it might be. If not, I'll be like, you know what? It was really, really good, but it didn't it didn't reach the highest I wanted it to. But right now I'm really, really, really enjoying it. Nice. I just picked up um oh guns of the dawn yes yeah <laughs> yes. i'm a sucker yeah it is so oh, I, I i love the jane austen part i'm like i'm rooting for i'm like y'all y'all should be together like stop <laughs> fighting and then it's like oh everyone's being shot in the swamp that's awful will she come home alive it's so good i like it who samwise samwise I mean, Master Frodo. <laughs> Samwise is personified luggage. Like that's what he is. <laughs> he, is he is a a uh, suitcase that has a soul. Have you all read Lord of the Rings? <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, it's been a long time since I read Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I read it actually for the first time not too long ago. And oh, that was one of your hot takes, right? Man, people people hate me for that take, but. What you didn't like it? No, I, I liked it. Um, I just I, I think uh, I liked it a lot, but I, I don't think it is the greatest fantasy I'll, book that's ever been I'll written. I'll high five you there. I'll high five you there. I, you know, I, it, yeah. I think it's the most important fantasy work that's ever been written. But I, you know, if you, I contend that a lot of people love that series because that's one of the first series they they read when they were a kid, and sure. they are left with nostalgia. And if you read it for the first time after reading a bunch of fantasy, you're going to say like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's like everything in Lord of the Rings feels generic and it feels generic because it defined the genre. That's right. not its fault. But like, again, like we're so far past that. If you've read a bunch of other stuff prior to that, it does. It's like, okay, what, which of these plot points can I not predict at this point? You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, it's good. Like I like, I love the movies. I just, I don't love Tolkien's writing style. Um, but I mean, it, I think it's, I don't know. I agree with you. I mean, I, it's not my favorite, but I don't like star Wars either. So. Yes. Thank you. I'm not alone. <laughs> no, Steve. Yes. Thank no, you. I literally thought it was just me in the universe. No, it's, it's the two of us. Bless you, sir. Bless yeah. you. Like I'm glad I, I found someone. Same else. thing. I'm like, hey, what if I've read better science fiction than this? Oh, because this was really, you know, this was kind of like 
this was one of the early space operas. Like everything else is a Star Wars ripoff. I've I've seen like a meme of like the Final Fantasy plots. They're all like Star Wars with something else in them. Um, you know, so I appreciate what Star Wars did for the genre. Also, Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, I just don't. It's just not my thing. Like I just, yeah. like I just don't. I don't care. And I wish I did. Well, it should, yeah. it's also popular, which I guess. But I didn't like it when I was younger either. So no. It should go away. What about you, Yulene? Are you are you in the universe with us, or are you a fan of Star Wars? I've never read any <laughs> of the books. <laughs> I dislike the original trilogy, the movies, the the older ones, and then I actually liked the newer ones. Ooh, with that's, um... a, that's a hot take. <laughs> I really liked them, and then I I never watched the newest ones because I'm I'm just not that into that world in general. I never grew up with it. So I guess that I also don't really have the nostalgia aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean yeah, I mean yeah. I um <laughs> I had the same problem with uh like Princess Bride. I saw Princess Bride for the first time in college. Um and I like it. I think it's a great movie, but like it, I mean it didn't change it didn't change my life, you know what I mean? Like because I didn't watch it when I was younger. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's one of those, it's, I think Princess Bride is another one of those things you watch when you're younger and it has, you know, I think, I think the Dritz books are really good. I think, but I mean, I read them a long time ago and they were, that was my first foray into fantasy is that stuff. So I have a, I have a fond place for those as well. So nostalgia can just hit us and for sure make us feel certain things that aren't real. I mean, it, and I, I find that people oftentimes have this impression that, you know, something was great. And so that means it's great forever. And, you know, things get better over time. That's, I don't think you're going to find a lot of film buffs that claim that like Citizen Kane's the best movie of all time now. Um, Mm. You know, it's good, but it's good because it, what it did for the entire movie industry, you know, but I will still hear from endless people that say Lord of the Rings is today the greatest book of all time. Um, I mean, like I understand, I understand where they're coming from. I understand where they're coming from. And I'm not trying like, and it's hard because you don't want to sound like you're just trying to be the hipster douchebag. Who's just trying to like, like crush on the, on the, the old greats or whatever. It's like, I'm not, it's just, to me, it's not super interesting. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah. Like everyone's like, you're watching rings of power. I'm like, no, like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't care. Don't like, and, and, and I'm not trying to not do it because it's popular. I'm not trying to do it because I don't care about, lord of the rings lore i just like i just don't um same thing are you watching andor no have you, are you have you seen like you know are you gonna watch are you watching baby yoda or whatever i'm like no i don't, <laughs> I don't that, that's officially the name of that show oh what, ba- what's it called it's the baby yoda one the bounty hunter, uh, the bounty hunter. oh that's right i thought it was called boba fett um no is that boba, yeah, it's boba fett right Dando? or Whatever, Baby Yoda. It's called Baby. It's called Baby Yoda the <laughs> merchandise. Um, but yeah, I don't. The problem is, is Marvel thinks that I'm interested in their shows too. Wrong, Marvel. Wrong. You guessed incorrectly. I don't care. And if you're gonna make me watch TV shows before I have to watch your movies, I'm not gonna watch your movies. You're not gonna bully me, Marvel. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna watch your stupid crap. I have other stuff to do. I'm gonna go watch Remember the Titans again. <laughs> Uh, Yulene, you were excited about Rings of Power. What were your impressions of that? I stopped after the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't like it. I also didn't like the main character at all, Galadriel. And I'm I DNF'd the Lord of the Rings books, so it's not like I'm a 
fan of the books and and if something is different i'm going to absolutely hate it i i can understand that adaptations are different but she was really just unlikable and she made the stupidest decisions ever for an elf who has lived for hundreds of years she did so yeah so i i had to stop after the fourth episode Yolene, thank you for saying that. One of the things that drives me crazy in fantasy books is you have these people who have lived forever and they act like a teenager. They act like the 17-year-olds that I teach. Like, really? You have... So, so hold on. In 400 years, you're acting the exact same way as my 17-year-old humans. Like, like, do you not... Like, is there no kind of, like... Your, your emotion isn't dulled? Like I'm certain that if over 400 years I read, I watched Remember the Titans thousands of times, I'm fairly certain I would stop being moved by the speech where he says, remember forever the night they played the Titans. <laughs> I think I would become immune to it. So eventually, like surely you would have to. So I'm, I'm with you. That is one of the things that um, is actually, that always really sticks out to me in fantasy books where there's really long lived characters. I'm like, well, why do you not act like you know anything? Like, mm -hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, with exactly. You. There were just also some things that there were people who were against a different race. And then 10 minutes afterwards, they were going to war together. And it just didn't fit. You could see that that was something that needed to happen to move the plot forward. But it just wasn't realistic at all. Yeah. Plus, I was watching House of the Dragon at the same time. And it was just very jarring to see the difference in quality between those two. Yeah. And Aaron, 100%. Like, I don't care that everyone likes Rings of Power. Like, it doesn't, like, I don't know why people get so bent out of shape on the internet. Like, I, I don't. Maybe it's just because I'm an old man by this point. Because, like, okay, guess what? No one likes KJ Parker. Oh, well. Like, I guess my life is ruined because people don't like the freaking book I like. Like, I don't understand that. If people like Rings of Power, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you like Rings of Power. That's awesome. Like, I, didn't watch it so i don't really have an opinion now i'll say i hate it even if i haven't seen it but that's <laughs> i'm just trying to like you know stir up trouble at that point but like i don't know why people can't just not like stuff and like stuff like look i don't hate matt because matt loves powder mage i don't even hate matt because he has the wretched opinion that's that books of babble are bad <laughs> you know like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter because he also really likes the night watch not the, not the show. Have you read? No. Have you read Nightwatch, the book, though? Yeah. It is so good. Nightwatch is so good. It's so good. I, I don't think any of the, those that series will be better than Guards, Guards for me. Um, but it's up there. Guards, Guards. So Guards, Guards, I say, is my favorite, but it's literally nostalgia. It's the fir my first introduction to Vimes. I think upon reread, I think I like Nightwatch the best now. Um, but Guards, Guards, I say, was my favorite for forever. And I still, I've read Guards, Guards more than I've read any other book I have, except maybe The Black Company um, or Hogfather, because that was my first Discworld book. Um, but I, I love it. Like, I just love, I love Commander Vimes. Have you read Thud? Yeah, I, not a big fan. Oh, and read snuff. That is it's yeah. Thud. You know, I'm gonna sound like a like a noob on Discworld, but the scenes with that group of uh, like the cultists or whatever in Guards Guards, the is one they of have, the funniest things ever. They uh, crying with laughter. I agree, it, and what? I don't I don't like to talk on hyperbole, but like actually tears coming out. My wife looking at me, and being like, "What is wrong with you?" 
the, the first <laughs> time I read the, the the early scenes with the elucidated brethren of the Evan Knight, yep. I, I I promise you, I cried laughing. It was so funny. Like it was like, like and anybody reading it, you, you're probably going to think it's as funny as we did. But the uh, first time I read it and, and I read it again, like, like last year with Philip and I still laughed out loud because it, hmm. and brother fingers being like, I'm oppressed every day. My landlord oppresses me every day by making me pay rent. It's like, these guys are so stupid. They're so dumb, but they're so funny. Pratchett does so many things well, but the best thing he does is writing groups of characters that are having conversations. Yes, it, it's, it's the greatest comedy that's ever been written in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, hmm. one, uh, Pratchett, I th like I, and again, I'm trying not to, like if you don't, if y'all don't like Discworld, that's totally fine guys. Anybody in the comments, it is totally fine if you don't like Discworld. Personally, I don't know an author I have not read an author that I think had a better mastery of the English language than Terry Pratchett. Like wow. he, the only, because he writes these jokes and they're not jokes. They are part of the narrative. And he does it with such effortless skill because he is, he is so, he just, he just, he, like the language is part of him. Like he doesn't have to think. He just like puts it out and, and he's, his mastery of the English language, like he picks the absolute best word every time at the right time. It is so, so good. I love, love, love the way he writes. I, I don't know this, but I get the sense that he didn't like heavily edit his stuff either. It, it feels like I just this, is how he, this is just how he writes his first drafts. I just finished listening to his autobiography and he would sit there and it would just like flow out. Yeah. Of he, clean, he cleaned up some stuff, but um, like, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. basically he like he was able to dictate it um later because it was faster for him to dictate it and have his assistant type it while he was dictating and hmm. being able to dictate a novel that's insanity like not yeah. being able to see the words on the page like he was he was brilliant i i i love terry pratchett um is it guards guards is like what eight i think it's at book eight it's guards guards yeah i think you're right uh, anyway anyway not hmm. trying to turn it back to Discworld because I'll talk about Discworld forever. <laughs> Though, Matt, you always give them four stars. I, that's I think that's my average because so the Rincewind books always bring my score down. Oh uh, yeah, good. Give them all two. And so, I like my, my average is like a four. What'd you give the truth? The truth of so five. Good. Yeah, it is. There you go. I just read the truth again like uh, two weeks ago. So good. I love the truth. Anyway, sorry. Is that part of Industrial Revolution? Do they consider uh, that part no, of it? No, it's, it's not, not part of it. But I mean, it might as well be, but it's not. I I just love it because I it's fantastic. It's fantastic. yeah. Dang, have you read Discworld, Julian? I have not. I've put it off because I bought The Color of Magic years ago, and then people told me don't start with that one. It's you don't need to go into publication order. The Color of Magic is one of its weakest ones, so I never read it. And then Raf. Um, said on Discord, just start with the color of magic. Don't put it off just because that's the one that you own. Start with that one. If you don't like it, continue because they do get better. Yeah, you can start so, with it. Just don't judge the series on it. Yeah, Pratchett himself in the autobiography, he says he's like, why do people start with color of magic? Like, don't do that. Like, Pratchett doesn't want you to start with color of magic. <laughs> I now, I had read Hogfather because one of my friends held handed me Hogfather's like, hey, like you'll like this. It's Death of Santa Claus, and I read it and I loved it. So after that, I went in publication order and I read Color Magic and I didn't like it as much, like even close. 
but I had read Hogfather, so I knew what it, what was mm-hmm. coming. So I'm like, all right, I'll just I'll just blaze through these these early ones. I don't like Rincewind. His books are my least favorite, um, but they're good. I mean, if you start Color Magic, I mean, as long as you're not like, well, I don't like this. I'm never gonna read another Discworld book. That's probably fine. But mm-hmm. if you're only gonna like, if you're gonna sample it with one like a single sample size, it should it should be a better book than that. I don't like color magic. I, I don't love Rincewind at all. I do like the wizards though. Uh, so when I read Rincewind books, I'm not reading it for him. 100%. They're the best scenes by far. Yeah. Rincewind isn't a character. Rincewind is a runaway. That's what he does. He runs away. Cool. Okay. Can we get back to Ridkili and the Bursar and the freaking Dean? Like, and, and again, more of the groups of people talking in hilarious fashion. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Anyway. Hmm. Steve, how are you enjoying? Uh, speaking of things that aren't funny, how are you enjoying the darkness that comes before, or whatever that book is, the thousandfold <laughs> path? Thousandfold thought. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, we're, I'm I made actually made a smart decision, and I decided to take these books slowly. So we discuss uh, a couple of chapters each week, and that's really helping me understand what the hell is going on. But um, I'm enjoying it. It's I there's a lot to the book um, to the series. I did a reread of the of uh, the darkness that comes before. There's a ton that I missed the first read, so it, it's really helped me understand the series and what's what's going on. But it's um the the farther you go, the it's not it's still bleak, but it's not as bleak. The first book is the darkest, I think. I keep hearing from people that as a Malazan fan that I will like that series. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of comparisons between the two. Um, I the more the farther I went in Malazan, the more I liked Gardens of the Moon, um, and I, I'm really like I'm really enjoying um, House of Chains now. So, yes, you finished part one. I yeah, we did finish book one, and then we're gonna discuss book two on the twelfth. I think. Yes, the ending cool. of the ending of House of Chains is something special. Yeah, I think the the change to. Um, to less POVs has really helped me. Because <laughs> really Memories of Ice, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I just kind of, it, it was, I didn't dislike it. It just, it was a lot. It just, it was a lot. So we took a I little like break. The, I like the Siege of Capistan in Memories of Ice, but I prefer the Seven Cities books, mm-hmm. which is which is a minority. I'm a minority on that one. Yeah, but I, I'm really, I'm really enjoy. I really love the first book in House of Chains. That's because it has Carsa Orlong, who is. Yeah. I mean, well, in, I mean, in House of Chains, he's. I don't, I don't. I mean, I can't say, oh, I love Carsa Orlong in that part one because then I like an awful, awful, awful thing. <laughs> um, I like him better later. Yeah, you get all the nice, you get all the awesome parts of him without the. Uh... Without the horrific. Yeah, uh, assault on people. Yeah, <laughs> with, with no qualms about it. Yeah, I love Carsa. Carsa, like I should hate Carsa because he's just a meathead dum dum. Like who is just. <laughs> but I love Carsa. Like Erickson does such a good job making me not hate this guy. I love Carsa so much. Um, so yeah, I think Yolita would really like uh, House of Chains and Carsa. Okay, yeah. 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 that's. Encouraging. <laughs> Still oh my making day. my way through the third one. Did you finish? Oh, wow. Did you like Dead House Gates? Yes. And I, I think that I had a weird experience with Melazin so far because I was very anxious to start Gardens of the Moon because everybody said you're not going to know what's going to happen and what's going on. 
you will be clueless. And I read it and I thought, well, this is doable. I guess I'm smarter than I thought. And then I read Dead House Gates and I love that one. But I'm a big fan of Felesen. I also think that Felesen, don't know how you pronounce yeah. that name. I also think that Dead House Gates is pretty character driven. So that one just jammed between the right way. So I was thinking, I got this series. I can just read it in between, no big deal. And then Memories of Ice came around and I have trouble with that. I, I find it interesting, but there's so much world building and I try to remember everything about the gods and yeah. it's it's a lot. And I was taking it too slow, I think, and in between other books. So I need to prioritize that series again in order to keep track of everything. There's a there's a decision that a character makes in Memories of Ice that is an awful decision. And no like everyone's attempt to explain to me why why that decision happens is a bad explanation like no one has given me a satisfactory explanation on why this thing happens other than it has to for the plot to happen um also a decision that's made toward the end of the book i'm like like i get it but no like why would you make that decision that doesn't make any sense why you would do this instead of this other thing um but okay um but you know people will think I'm insulting it, but like, no, it's because of this. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that doesn't make, that literally makes no sense. And like, okay, that's a bad decision on this character's part. Like, <laughs> I don't know why this person would do this. Um, anyway, see, Kevin understands. Kevin knows. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin knows. Um, I love Dead House Gates, but I loved the Chain of Dogs storyline where you like- Oh man, it's so story. good. Coltane, Coltane remains my favorite character in hmm. all of the- and I don't understand why. I don't. Like, I don't understand why. <laughs> but I I love Coltane so much. Like, I just loved the chain of dogs. It's just so, I don't know. It's so very, like, I don't know, horror movie where they're trying to escape from the island and being picked off, you know, one by one. It's just, it's it reminds me of the Sicilian expedition um, from the, whatever, some some stupid Greek thing from, like, in the four four fifteen BC, um, but it's just it's just it's just like like a doomed military mission, and it's uh, it's just so good. I, but I mean, I, mean I, I like military fantasy. Like that's that's yeah. my favorite thing. So that's obvious. And like Felison's group, like all all freaking three of them. Like y'all are a drag. Like y'all are a drag. I mean, I know why, I know obviously they have a good reason to be, but I'm like y'all are a drag. Like y'all are so unpleasant. All three of you. Like, can I go get to the people who are about to get killed by soldiers? They have a better outlook than y'all do. So, Felicity's <laughs> parts were my favorites, but yeah. I severely dislike military fantasy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I don't know if Melazin is going to be the series for me, mm. but people have told me that, well, I'm pretty particular with my military fantasy. I, mm -hmm. I love when I'm with a soldier, like uh, Joe Abercrombie also does it quite well. You're with one person, but I don't like strategy and like an eagle view. So, I don't know where Steven Erickson is going to. It, it's not all that, but you're going to get a lot of military stuff. You'll mm -hmm. probably love Toll the Hounds. It has, it's, I think, the only one without a major military operation. Yeah. And that's the fourth one. No, that's the eighth that's one. Eighth one. Okay. Um, like you're, you're probably not a big fan of like the Black Company, which hurts my soul, um, Yolene. <laughs> Haven't read it yet. You like Black Company, Matt? Oh, I'm obsessed. Right on. Hmm. We, can, we can agree on that too. Um, yeah. Um, the fourth book has less military operation than you would think it does. It has a lot of character stuff. Yeah. And then um, same thing. Max asked a question about tips for starting out Malazan. I have a tip for you, Max, that not a lot of people would say, but if you Google 
any of the first five books and also type in PowerPoint. Some dude put together a PowerPoint that does not spoil things. That's nice. And chapter by chapter, and it hits the high points of the chapter with images and you won't get lost, but it doesn't spoil. And it is perfect for somebody that wants to just keep their head straight. I'm looking right now for that. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, Scott, you should read, if you didn't like Black Company and you wanted to like it, read Shadows Linger. It is nothing like book one. Shadows Linger reads like, like a Lovecraftian like morality tale. Yes. Shadows Linger is so good. I like I I don't e- I don't even know how to describe how good Shadows Linger is. It's so good. Um it is by far my favorite of the first three. Um Shadows Linger is excellent. So if you if anyone doesn't like Black Company and feels like, you know, but they like military fantasy, you should see what he's capable of with. I understand why people don't like the first book. Um but book 2 is completely different completely different it's a it's a continuous narrative as opposed to those mini novellas that are in the first one hmm. uh Yuline, i know you're in in the middle of book three but what advice do you have for someone who's reading malazan for the first time don't do it like me like prioritize the series i i do think that it's best at least to read books without taking breaks in between books because no. now I have to reread the third one. I'm halfway through, but I don't remember what's happening. For sure. And don't be too afraid. You you will understand what's going on, but you do need to make it a priority. Like don't start five other series at the same time because it will be too much. Unless you're smarter than me, then it might be doable. But yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, hey, I hate to be rude, everybody, but I have a date night tonight, which is rare for me with kids, and. I have to make that happen. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, of course. I'll fill, Thanks, Matt. I'll, I'll fill yeah. in this this time as if I got here on time. So Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. Nice have a good night. Bye-bye. So, he, he Alan, what advice do you have? Yeah. Well, now, now we can say bad things about him now that he's gone. <laughs> well, he left because he couldn't stand my presence anymore. <laughs> I am going to take a very quick break. Be back in one minute. Sure. Steve, everyone's abandoned you. I know. See what happens. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, what uh, what advice do you have for someone starting? Sorry, Malazan. Uh, I mean, it's not like people blow Malazan out of the pool. So the problem with Malazan is a problem. The lot of, a lot of the Malazan fans will not tell anybody what the bloody books are about. They everyone is obsessed with the word compassion, and they've got, like people have got to stop because. You, <sighs> <laughs> stop that's not what it's about like like i get it's everywhere like in like it, it's hit hard in book three and then like in book 10 they say it about twenty thousand times so i get it i understand that and that these books are heavy with theme but you're driving away people for whom theme is not the first like if all you care about is theme go read kant like go read a philosophy textbook if all, like you don't need a narrative just just go read about go read about compassion. Like I, I guarantee you, you can go find chicken soup for the soul, and it'll tell you all about compassion. Like you know, like no one will tell me what the books are about. It's about military company, and it's about it's about a unit of the military that is you know served the old emperor, and the you know empress is trying to you know just like all new regimes, they're trying to find their own people instead of the old guys thing, and it's an empire that is you know, has a whole continent rebelling against it, uh, you know, because every empire has to put down rebellion. 
And mm-hmm. so it's a lot about that. It's about soldiers and, you know, and there's gods and stuff and lots of magic and lots of fighting, which I think is awesome. If someone had just been like, oh, this is great, like study on just compassion and like what it means like to to just examine your your yourself in the face of death, be like, I'm not going to read that. Like, I'm not going to read that. Like, w- does anything happen in the book? Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of compassion in the book. I'm like, <laughs> But what happens? Like, what is it about? And and it's fine. Like, that's fine. Like, mo- I think a lot of people really enjoy the thematic content. It's fine. It's like, it's not like I don't, I don't like theme, but I read Malazan because I really like military fantasy. And I think Erickson is really good at it. And he, the Siege of Kapistan in book three is so good. The Chain of Dogs, so good. Um, the siege in book six, amazing. Um, and then freaking crippled God, there's like every military engagement is so good. That's why I read him. And because I care about the, he's does the black company thing. Cause I, mm-hmm. in high school, I read black company like three, four times because me and my friend were waiting for book 10 to come out and we just kept rereading them until it did. And then we reread them again so we could read book 10 and the relationship between the soldiers feels so much like black company uh, that it's just, it just, you know, hits for me. So uh, my advice is flip back and bookmark, bookmark the dramatis personae and the glossary in the back. Don't listen to Dr. Philip who said, (laughs) Oh, just read through, like, don't bother going to the glossary. Don't listen to that. That's that's terrible (laughs) advice. You hear me, Philip? It's terrible advice. Flip back and forth so you know who these people are and what's going on. Because it'll give you a picture of the world and, you know, what the gods do. If they're like, oh, we're at you. he's accessing Menius. It's like, what? that is meaningless. That's the freaking buzzwords that JRPGs throw at you at the beginning of the game. Where I don't know what a cosmos is. Like, let me look it up in, the, in their in-game glossary. Use the glossary. Like, you don't get an achievement for reading it without the glossary. Like, there's not a trophy that you can unlock. I mean, I guess you can flex on people and be like, oh, I read it. Like, oh, I read it without the glossary. I mean, good. Good for you. I use the glossary every three seconds. New name? Let me see. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? And it's always like, it's Yagnathav, the Nathuk tribe. I'm like, I don't know what any of that is. So it's not like it's like, it doesn't tell you any of that. But after looking at it enough times, like, it finally started to take root and then I didn't have to look quite as many times. See, Joanna knows. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Lost timing. users. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my favorite book or series, uh, this is a tough one. Um, I always forget whenever someone asks, but I think I have to go with Ash and Sand for the series. Because I just don't know that anything anything has overtaken that. And standalone book, that's a tough one too. There's so many great, great books. Um, I can name off about 10 of them that I really love. Um, so yeah, that's a tough one. But for series, I think Ash I and Sand is pretty solid. And are you, uh, I know it's on near the top of your list, right, Yuling? Yeah, I think at this point it's, probably my favorite grimdark another one is <laughs> chronicle of the unhoon throne trilogy but alan hated that one and his whole discord took it apart so they ruined my life yolene 
they ruined right. my dreams. I, I, when you pick that one as a group read, I thought, yes, finally, it's going to get the recognition it deserves. And then everybody hated it. Yeah. So oh, disappointed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really, you like the Chronicle of the Unhewn Throne, Georgie? I loved it. I couldn't do it. I could like, and the problem is, is it didn't stand a chance because by the time I read it, everyone in my discord had read it and despised it. So I don't know how I was supposed to go into this. Like I'm used to really liking things and then having me, people tell me that they hate it, but not in reverse, like not people telling me they hate it. And then I really like it. So all I could, all I, I had internalized all their complaints. And so I was just like, yeah. Yeah, did you know a woman? <laughs> did you know a woman can't sit the unhewn throne? Because he'll tell you repeatedly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's too many elements that I don't like. Like I hate murderous bullies. Like I just hate it. Um, I just don't like murderous bullies, and it it jacks it up to eleven in that book. And so I'm still going to finish the series. Um, I still have I have the second book on Audible. Um, Simon Vance. <laughs> saved it for me i didn't despise it my, my discord didn't um but simon vance is a fantastic narrator yeah, so he did, a, yeah. he did a good job so yeah yeah i know they ruined it it's, it's all their fault yuline like they're terrible you yeah at it. this point i have um the start of his new series which is the emperor's ruin, ruin yeah. it's 10 years after the original one i'm afraid to pick it up because now i'm like questioning my own taste maybe i am going to hate it now after everybody detested that series because now I, I'm probably going to look out for repetition of certain sentences and stuff like that because they pointed it out. Now it's ruined for me. I know, I know, it, I know. <laughs> it's it, like it's, it's bad. Like now, Matt's not going to be able to read Powder Mage without seeing how all the nobles, they're only, they're like, they hate the commoners. It's like, stop, stop saying <laughs> it. Stop it. Um, yeah, yeah, that was rough. I'm sorry, Yolene. They're all terrible people. All of them. <laughs> Ashes. There is some like something is happening on BookTube where everyone. It's like I don't know if Steve. Are you're are you in the U.S. Right? You're on Mountain Time. Yeah. Are you in the U.S.? Yolene, yeah. mm -hmm. you're not in the U.S. Are you in the U.S.? Where are you? I'm in Belgium. Belgium, nice. So I don't know how anybody in the U.S. isn't like already miserable with like the way things are. But everyone is like reading these books that are just like they're just misery personified. Like everyone is like, everyone's like, yeah, I'm reading this super dark book. And then I'm reading this darker book that's even darker. And this book darks the dark on that previous dark book. And this book, this book is so dark, it's banned in 100 different countries. And I'm like, I'm like why is everyone obsessed with reading all this like really dark crap right now? And here I am, I'm like, you know what I'm gonna read? I'm gonna read, I don't know, I don't know, what, what am I reading? Pratchett. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read, you know, <laughs> Hogfather or Winnie the Pooh or something. Um, but like all my friends are reading like these really dark books. Like I had Zara, I recommended Zara to read Guns of the Dawn because, you know, it's, it's good. And she's like, I can't read this right now. This is not for me. So you put it down. And I'm like, well, that's because it's not misery personified, Zara. Like the only thing you read now is stuff that makes your soul black. Like, and so, you know, everyone's just reading this really dark stuff. I don't know how y'all can do it. It depresses me to read all that. <laughs> what do you think, Yuleen? I go back and forth between fairy tales and grimdark. So it, it puts it into a balance, I suppose. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
but I, I also just really like to have the safe environment of looking at really despicable acts and knowing, ah, it's just a fantasy. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it's funny you mentioned that, Alan, because I think, um, I think cozy fantasy is making kind of some head headway with, you know, I think it's becoming more and more popular and the darker stuff is less and less popular. I think, uh, overall, I, like ledges and lattes is really big and there's some other cozier fantasies that are, and I yeah. think that's, that's, we've talked about this before, but I think that's a reflection on kind of what the world is like right now that we want a break, especially after, after the pandemic, we kind of need a, something a little bit lighter. Well, most people do. I don't, but most people do because <laughs> I'm just miserable, I guess, but. Well, it, I think it puts like, oh, sorry, things I, in perspective. I, I just wanted to say that it puts things in perspective, right? Sometimes I can yeah. also read a grim dark book and think, well, maybe it's not so bad. It, it, it could have been like this. I'm, I'm fine. True. Oh, I 100% take a very small sample size, which is the people in my immediate vicinity. And I just extrapolate data from there. So <laughs> everyone, like a bunch of people that I personally know um, are reading it. Therefore, it must be true about the world at large. Uh, because that's how I operate. I don't have I don't have time to parse that data, so I'm just going to make a wild statement, then I'll retract if I need to. I think Zara finished uh, the Prince of Nothing, and I mean, pretty quick. She, I think she really enjoyed yeah, that too. Blaze yeah. through it, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. She'll it's a hard series to blaze through. Yeah. Um, have Have any of you guys seen Cabinet of Curiosities? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Same. Never. I think heard it's of. on Netflix. I believe. What's it about? I will find out. I watched how I watched how to become a, how to be a tyrant on Netflix. So I got all my tips. I'm about to start executing them and uh, taking over. I'm going to take over BookTube. So y'all better get in good now, so you can be one of my acolytes. So you're not on the outside <laughs> of my regime. I learned everything <laughs> from Netflix. Uh, it is uh, is directed by Del Toro, and it is a bizarre nightmares unfold in eight tales of horror in a visually stunning, spine tingling horror collection. Uh, by Guillermo del Toro. No. It's on Netflix. Not. It sounds weird. And it's Guillermo del Toro, which is, so it's definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. is, is he the guy from Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Or have I? Yes. Yeah, he's a Pan's yeah. Labyrinth guy. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't want, I, I used to watch a lot of, I used to watch scary stuff, uh, but my wife does not at all. And so I haven't watched anything scary since. Um, my, me and my wife started dating, um, so I don't really watch horror stuff anymore. Now I'll play like Resident Evil. That's where I get my 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 jollies is in like scary games. Um, so yeah, your jollies. I, I guess that's what they're called. <laughs> and uh, Michael is listening to us while he's playing Baldur's Gate too. Wow. Okay, that is such a good game. Baldur's Gate Two is so freaking good. David Warner as John Arenicus is one of the best voice acting performances of our time. It's so good. I love John Arenicus. He is on my top villains list. Sorry. I love Baldur's Gate too. It's so good. Yeah. Yes, Yolene. Yes. <laughs> and you always go into the Underdark. You never turn down the Underdark quest. Go into the Underdark. Yes. Glory of Arm. Glory of Arm! Glory <laughs> of Arm! You try to do anything with soldiers. Glory of Arm! Exactly. And Minsk had that little hamster. I loved it. Every time that you yes. clicked on boo. Point! I punched! Go for the eyes, boo! Go for the eyes! <laughs> Butt kicking for goodness! Exactly. 
And then you click on Boo and he goes, Oh, love that game. So good. Glory of Arm! <laughs> Have you played uh, that, Steve? It's been a long time. It is so good. I love Baldur's Gate 2. So good. Yeah, it's oh been a God. long time. People Suck. are still playing it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It is. It's one of the best RPGs like ever. Like it's mm-hmm. just so good. And it was hard because it used second edition rules. And second edition, none of this. Oh, you get three saves before you're completely dead. And even then, you're on like no, no save versus death or die. Oh, I failed that save. I'm dead. That sucks. Like. You had to you had to save scum in that game all the time because you get in that mind flayer room and they'll just hit you with the freaking like I don't know suck your brain beam and just my guy blows up. I'm like I didn't I didn't even get in the room. Why am I blown up? I'm like what? It's so hard. It's so hard. It's good. I love that game. <laughs> it's so good. And Aaron had a good point. Uh, the OG fairy tales are pretty grimdark, right? Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true. Definitely darker than what they now teach on Divinity. Yeah. <laughs> but it it has a very clear message, and you have the good guys and the bad guys. So it's it's always no. I wanted to say it's always hopeful towards the end, but that's definitely not true for the original ones. Yeah, I mean it's it's always like, hey, you should not do this thing that this character did and died. Very, <laughs> very German. Like, hey. My wife has, um, her family's German. They have like this picture book of like old, like German stories that like everyone reads because Klaus is like, yeah, I had that when I was a kid. And it's just like this one girl, like she, I don't know what she does, but she ends up setting the house on fire. She plays with matches and she ends up like burning her house down and killing her whole family on accident because she plays with matches. Like the whole thing is meant to teach children, you know, don't do these things. Christina, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, will you come tell the story? Cause I did it poorly. <laughs> Hold on. This is my wife, Christina, if anybody doesn't know. Hello. Hi. I'm going to get coffee. Tell them. Okay. So, so the book was in German. My sister and I do not speak or read German, so we could just look at the pictures. And so the pictures would be like a little girl playing with matches, and then the next picture would be a pair of shoes and a pile of ashes. And it would be like a little boy refusing to eat his food. And then he gets thinner and thinner and thinner and then he's gone. (laughs) So it would just be, it was a series of stories like that. And we, we were just like, like looking at the pictures and I talked about it and Cos was like, oh yeah, it's a very common book in Germany. Um, But I don't remember what it was called. I need to look it up. Yeah, it's for kids. It's like, it's Mm kind of like they're. Kind of like cautionary German cautionary tales. Yeah, sure <laughs> so, I mostly remember the um, the little girl with the matches. Um, that one was very striking. <laughs> but, yeah. Don't, don't play around. Yeah. I don't know why. Why y'all put the beverage thing on my bingo? Like, do y'all expect me to not like have something to drink sitting here for hours at a time? Are, <laughs> Do y'all just have like a water fountain nearby, or do y'all just everyone just not drink anything? Honey, was it called Strulpeter? Yes. She says yes. It's called Strulpeter. Hmm. And that's a good question. What's considered cozy fantasy other than legends and lattes? I think. Yeah, I mean that's true. I think maybe legends and lattes started the started the cozy fantasy. 
Seth um, recently recommended a book to me. It's called You Can't Spell Treason Without Tea. The Queen's bodyguard and the most powerful mage in the land run away to start a tea shop slash bookstore. I, I haven't read it yet, but it wow. sounds extremely cozy. So wow. I, I think it's in the same vein as Legend and Plates. Hmm. Maybe that's a new subgenre. I, I don't know any other ones besides those two, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think I can do it. Like, I can't, I just like have too much else to read. Like, I, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. I can't. I'm like, what was it about? They're like, well, it's about a bunch of people sitting around having coffee or whatever. I'm like, okay. I don't know. I can't read fast enough. Like, it, like when you're freaking uh, Kyle or, you know, Patrick or Sarah or Jimmy that read like 12 books a month, or Andrew who literally has an audiobook playing in his ear 24 hours a day. I got maybe four books I can read in a month. Maybe. I put yeah. six on my TBR this time like an idiot. Like I can get to six <laughs> books in a month. Get out of here. Um, I just can't read. I can't do it. And they're like, oh, you can you can put the, the audio on three times speed. I'm like, no, I can't. Like three no, I times. Can't. It's too it's too fast. I tried listening to something at two speed today and I'm like, I don't, I, I can't follow them. So I put it back to 1.65, which is the, as high as I can get it. I can't understand anything afterwards. <laughs> and Andrew has a lot of audiobooks, but he has a ton of physical books too. So he's. Yeah, but he can't read his physical books at work. So wow. like, cause I'm like, Andrew, how do you freaking read so much? He's like, well, I listen at work. I'm like, man, why has everybody got this job? They can listen to freaking audiobooks at work. Like, I'm just going to start doing that. Listen to audiobooks at work. Just figure it out. Be like, okay, guys, I'm, I'll, I'll teach. Maybe I'll say something. Maybe I won't. But I'm going to be listening to audiobooks eagerly. <laughs> hate it. Yeah. I, uh, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. I, yes. Song for the Wild Build. That's a great one. Murderbot's I did not like Murderbot at all. It's, it, is, it, is, it may be the most overhyped series I've ever read in my entire life. Um, I read that and it was it was 100% the definition of fine. It was it was adequate. And I had heard that it was oh my gosh, your your life is going to change. It's so funny. This is amazing. And I'm like it's fine. It's fine. I did I mean I thought it was okay. Hmm. I've never read it because Steve didn't like it. But her other work I did enjoy. Steve knows. Steve knows. And there Another thing is, and I hate to bring this up, but at the time there were the hardcover novellas that were like twenty bucks for a novella for mm -hmm. a little. That's the first one. I have. All yeah. systems red. I have that one. Yeah. Like twenty bucks for like a hundred pages. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was a little. Hmm. Yeah. Too much. That's also the reason why I loved Upsalm for the Wild Build, but now the second novella is out, but it's twenty-five euros for the novella on Amazon, and it's just too much for hundred and forty pages. That's insanity. Yeah. yeah, I almost mentioned that. Um, I don't like when I finish it again, like people think I'm unreasonable. But if I really like Jade Legacy, I will come out and I'll say I really like Jade Legacy. Like I, I was talking crap about it. It's true, but I really liked it. Um, I think there's a zero percent chance of me saying, yeah, it is as good as everyone is saying it is. Like, I don't even think that's possible for me to like it as much as everybody else does. Um, but if it's good, like I'm not going to lie to to so I can be right you know um it's just dumb so i don't know man scott didn't like murderbot yeah 
Keeper of Enchanted Rooms by Charlie N. Holmberg just came out and is quite cozy. Hmm. And uh, there are, uh, Arians mentioned, a lot of cozy in the S Spiffo finals this year. Hmm. Oh, that really? might be the new thing. Hmm. Oh, maybe it is a new thing. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I just looked at the kind of glance at the covers and they all looked pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty cozy. Not, not as bleak as the years past. The Touch of Light cover is fantastic. It is a great cover. It is so good. And I'm not just saying that because Tiago's in here. <laughs> and speaking of, congrats to uh, Mr. Abdallah for making the finals. That's right. Tiago tearing it up. That's right. Tiago's mm-hmm. going to hire me as his PR agent when he hit, when he makes it like Sando. <laughs> I just told him that right now. He didn't actually say that. Like I've I've informed him. So Oh, here we go. Uh Skills and Sensibilities, Small Miracles, and Miss Percy's Guide. Word. And uh Chiago, I believe, will be on with us next week. I did just double check the calendar, but I believe he'll be with us next Friday. Yeah. Next okay. Friday. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I'm also there, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna as virulently uh, jump on that as Kevin. But cozy fantasy isn't really my thing, really. Um, I don't think I like. I mean, I like war in books. <laughs> <laughs> like I do. I really like when there are wars, and I like just some of Discworld is cozy. Um, and that that's where I'll get my cozy from is Discworld. I knew someone was gonna say that. Um, but like, I just. I like empires taking over stuff and people saying, what if you stop that? And, you know, stop that. Um, and so when people just, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Zack snacks. Yes. Yes. Big Zack snack. Yes. You can buy my Sunday lunch. Okay. So what are Zack snacks? Do you have Zaxby's? Do you have Zaxby's in where, 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 where are you? Do you have Zaxby's in the Midwest? Uh, no, I, I don't think I've ever uh, heard of them. It's a it's a fried chicken fast food place. Oh, and a big Zach snack is, is three it's three chicken tenders, a piece of garlic toast, French fries. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a big Zach snack. That's what it's called because it's Zaxby's. So I, I eat that. I, I get that every uh, every Sunday uh, for lunch. I'm always wow. eating it when I'm doing Jeopardy. That's that's why he's he's saying that every time I'm doing Jeopardy, I'm always like, this one's brought to you by the big Zach snack because I'm always eating it at the time. <laughs> Do they have Zach snacks in Belgium, Yulene? We don't. Luckily, I would, I would probably be addicted. I wish Zaxby's was in Belgium. What if it wasn't in, it's not in Steve's state, but there's one in Belgium. That would be <laughs> That'd be great. You'd come for a visit, right, Steve? For the Zach yeah. snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Belgium to, for some Zach snacks. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'd, I'd love to visit Belgium. For the beer and the chocolate. I'll yes. Visit the edge of it where... Trier is in the Black Gate. <laughs> uh, Jen had a question. What are your favorite fantasy book and or series titles? What would, um, I think we covered that a little bit earlier, but unless um, I mean, are you asking like the like the title or like actual books? Oh, titles. Oh, okay. I misread that. Well, I mean, title could it could mean the books, but if you're asking like title, that's completely different. Um, I don't know. Joanna, what do you mean gross on Zaxby's? You have Zaxby's in Atlanta. I know you do. You haven't had it? What? Oh, 
Oh, you're a vegetarian. Mm. Oh, so it says he lives in Utah and they have Zaxby's. Oh, because I'm in New Mexico and we don't have them here. Okay, we don't have a, we don't have canes here. Um, and Popeyes. Popeyes is okay. I mean, I do like Popeyes. I used to like Popeyes way more than I do now. Um, no, no. Like, I mean, the good thing is, is I won't have, I won't feel bad about have, not having time to watch book two for a month. You know, I'll be like, oh, what am I missing? Oh, okay. More of this. I'll just do something else. Cause I feel bad when I can't get to, I can't, you know, get to all the book two thing. Um, we don't have a canes here, so you can't say it's better. I can't have it guys. <laughs> this thing that we don't, we don't have raising canes here, guys. We don't have it. <laughs> you don't like this thing that you don't have. No, I don't have it. I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming it's a chicken place. We have Slim Chickens, which isn't good. It's mid compared to Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. Oh, like title, title. So Jen's asking yeah. about the titles. titles. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Ah. Oh, okay. I. <laughs> it took a while. Okay, sorry. Brightness long ago. Really like that title. That's a good title. That is a good title. Nice. That is good. Hmm. It's on my TBR. <laughs> I can't think of anything. It's on my TBR too. Zara really loved it, so I went and bought it. Hmm. Um, good to know. The name of the wind. That's a good. T- that's a good title. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. The Lycanius trilogy has some good titles, but I, an an echo of things to come. Is yeah, that one of them? Um. um <laughs> Oh, Darkness that comes before is a cool title. It is a cool title, yes. yeah. Um, mm, 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 mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm bad at this. Same. Yeah, it's tough. So many great titles out there. Belgian Chocolate. I don't know what that is. The God is Not Willing. That's a good title. Um, Oh, no. Now I'm stuck. Jen, now I'm sitting here trying to comb my head through titles. <laughs> I can't think of them. You know what What I don't like as a title? Lightbringer. Uh, an old Pierce Brown's new new book coming out in Red Rising. Oh, like is, that is, is that the title? Yeah. When is it coming out? Yeah, it's coming out next July. He posted about okay. it today with the cover, um, which is fine, but I don't I don't really like the title Lightbringer. Hmm. Um Wow, dang it! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm pulling out my spreadsheet. Empire yeah. Silence, cool title. Um, I think. I think. Uh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I like Beyond Redemption. It, yes. it definitely sets the tone. Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't like any titles, apparently. <laughs> There's just so many of them. Um, I'm trying to find one that... I'm trying to find ones that are, like, cool. Oh, The Price of Spring, book four of Long Press Quartet. I really like that, um, especially in context. Um... I do like We Should Have Left Well Enough Alone. I didn't... I wasn't crazy about the collection, yeah. But it's a short story collection. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. I read books with ordinary titles. I got nothing. 
Shadow of the Wind. Yeah, that's a cool one. That's a cool one. That's one of the cool ones. There's so many words that have shadow, books that have shadow in the title. Um, so that is a good one. You know, The Blade itself isn't a bad title either. That's a deep title. Yeah. Wisdom of Crowds. That's a cool title. Um, Abercrombie has some neat titles. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Drawing of the Three. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Drawing of the Three. Mm. The Dark Tower is a good title. I mean, it's about the Dark Tower. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. She, she is, is the darkness. darkness. Yes, book seven, book eight of, yeah, book eight of Black Company. I almost said that, Eric. I almost said that earlier. Little Hatred, Dark. yeah. Little Hatred, yeah. Yeah, She is the Darkness. Storm of Swords is good. That's I think Toll the Hounds is an excellent title. I mean, I wish the book delivered on the promise of an awesome title. <laughs> all the Malazan titles are pretty good, though. I think all of the all the all the books in that series are pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. strong titles. Gardens of the Moon is cool. Dead House Gates. Mirrors of Ice. Uh, House of Chains. Midnight Tides. I think the Bone Hunters is the is the most like. I mean, okay. Um, Reaper's Gale is cool. Told the Hounds, yeah. Dust of Dreams, Cripple God, all that's cool. Cripple God is good. Lots of good stuff. Not a court of thorns and roses. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't even make any sense that title or the book. You've read that one, right, Yuli? I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Afraid to say so, but. <laughs> Why? Everyone likes it. I just don't. <laughs> Did you know that fairy tears can alter the very DNA of a person and change their entire species? I was unaware, but I did learn <laughs> that a tear from a fairy can alter a human's DNA and turn them into a fairy. The more you know. I am going to be completely honest here. I didn't really read it thinking that I was going to have like an epic fantasy, just a good romance to escape reality. And for that, it was a great series. Well, I, I've only read the first two, still need to read the third one. But I, I liked it for what it was. But I had mediocre expectations. And it delivered. Steve, if you would, if you have always wondered what it was like to have a whole book of people eating dinner you should read A Court of Thorns and Roses. It is about 300 pages of people sitting at a dinner table talking about things that would be way more interesting if they were doing those things. And then a riddle that no one has been able to solve for hundreds of years that I solved when I read it. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with those those fae if like they just don't have like that ability for abstract reasoning to solve riddles but i'm just like it it's been hundreds of years and you know, couldn't solve that okay guys okay it's it's not a good riddle I, a, I don't remember a single thing about that book to be honest i there figured it out oh. yeah, i figured it out why because i was doing like chapter by chapter like vlogs of it while i was <laughs> recording the vlog for that chapter i was telling him oh and there's this riddle and then i realized what it was what the answer was as i was talking and i'm like is it this is this the answer to this riddle and it turns out that it was that it was and i was like 
Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, it, I haven't, I don't have a million reviews on Goodreads. So, you know, I'm, I'm wrong. She clearly knows what she's doing. Uh, Spectre asks if uh, we reread books. Barely. There are like a, a couple. Daughter of the Forest, I reread every couple of months because that's my favorite book of all time. But other than that, I have way too many books on my TBR that I have never read that those kind of take priority. I, I am going to reread The Song of Ice and Fire next year, and that's the first reread in years at this point. I used to reread a lot more because I had like a very small collection of books. And once mm -hmm. I got through those, it was either read those or not read at all. But now there is so many options. Yeah, I am. Um, I reread like Discworld. I'll reread Discworld a lot. And I've reread Niles in a bunch, but that's because I get into the series like, like, like Yolene, if you don't continue and like if there's months and months or even a year after you read the last one, it's like, well, I guess I'm going back. Um, but I've discovered since I've discovered audiobooks, I've been doing a lot more rereads since hmm. booktube keeps me from continuing series right after another which i it has to stop i don't remember enough about them especially ones that are like have like fine details but i do not have time to reread them so i get the audiobook because i can do an audiobook of a fantasy that i've already read because if my attention slips in and out I mean, it's fine like all i'm i'm listening to this because it's jogging my memory of stuff i already know um and so i have really enjoyed rereading stuff on audio um like i just what was the last one i reread uh, i'm listening to the wolf now because i don't have time to read it but me and liana and alex nieves are um reading that in anticipation for the third one coming out um but i don't have time to read it again so i'm listening to that on audio uh same with um blackwing i listen to blackwing in anticipation of reading the second one um so yeah so i am i am greatly enjoying rereading on audio but then Pratchett I can't do Pratchett on audio I think so many so there's so many sight gags with his with like the words on the page um but I can read Pratchett fast like I reread the truth in between um whenever I'm struggling to have progress or like a, something I read something took me forever to read like I'll throw in a Discworld or yeah because I've read it before I can read it quickly and it'll like you know do the lawnmower thing so it can get running again <laughs> I rarely reread books unless it's something uh, that's really dense or that I uh, I feel like I have to go through again, but very rarely. There's no time. No. Uh, Shelley mentions I'm afraid to read the second book in Stormlight Archive. I think it's possible I accidentally joined a um, Stormlight read along next year. Hmm. It's possible I was tired when I told someone I was going to do it. <laughs> Oops. You've you didn't really did you like it actually the Mistborn Era one? I love Mistborn Era one. Um, I I the third one is my least favorite. So everyone is saying that I hate the series. I'm like no, I just, <laughs> like no. I I really liked Final Empire and I really liked Well of Ascension. I'm one of the rare ones that really liked Well of Ascension because I like I like the exploration of trying to rule and how much. Trying to rule and how how good can a ruler afford to be? It's one of my favorite things. Um, like in the 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 Aurelian cycle, Fireborn and uh, Flamefall and Fury Song, like after the revolution and stuff, how good can you afford to be? Like 
idealism, unfortunately, if you're playing by the rules and no one else is, you're going to get assassinated. Like you're going to, you're going to die. Mm. So it's, I, I just really like that because ideally, you know, Sam Bynes, you drop a parachute him in and he makes everybody do the right thing. But it's not, it's not that easy when ruling. So I really like, and that's why I like Well of Ascension so much. Uh, so I really liked Era One. I mean, Alloy of Law is mid, but uh, Sanderson, I don't think I'm ever going to be Sanderson's number one fan. And I don't, but I'm also not on a crusade to make sure everyone knows how freaking terrible Brandon Sanderson is. I don't understand those people. It's like, why do you hate that people like things? Like, I, like, what good are you doing? All you're doing is you're making your favorite author. Now they're they're going to hate your favorite author because you're coming after theirs. For, so you're not doing anybody any favors. So stop. But Sanderson... Sanderson isn't funny. He's not funny. Like the one thing that Sanderson's money can never buy him is being funny. Like you're, he's not funny. And he, he wants so badly to be funny. He should just find, find an open mic night in Utah and try out his material and stop putting him in the books. He's not funny. And if you're someone in the comments who thinks he's funny, that's great. But to me, I'm just like, if you just stop doing this, I would like this book way more. And then his obsession with telling you how his magic works all the time, it, it, it's just distracting to me. I'm I, like, this is my fourth Mistborn book. I know how it works. Please, please believe me. Please trust me that I know. And if I don't, you know what I'll do? I'll go look in the 40-page glossary that you have in the back. I'll go look it up. Please, please stop, Brandon Sanderson. But I think he has an incredibly accessible writing style. Yeah. And I think he's an excellent storyteller. Like, I think he has really good stories and is really able, is really good at hiding, um, at foreshadowing, hiding foreshadowing in plain sight. Like, I think he's excellent at that. But, you know, those, but because of those things, I don't think he's ever going to be like my number one favorite author. But I like Sanderson, so I'm going to finish out Mistborn, um, and I'm going to read, like, you know, people think I'm going to really like Way of Kings. We'll see. So, hmm. We'll see. Uh, so, Austin, there's a 0% chance of that happening. Uh, they, are, <laughs> they, they are too long. They are way too long. Like, I no, there's no way. There's no way. Because um, I've already committed to reading flippin' Shogun, which is 1,300 hmm. pages. Now... I wish I could. I really wish I could, but the read along is already huge. Like, what? What? What is my conversation gonna like? What is my opinion gonna add to it? Um, I have read them a bunch because my friend and I we always reread them before the next one came out, and hmm. so I've read I've read the first three four times, and I've read Feast for Crows twice. I've read Dance with Dragons once. Um, so, and I haven't read them. The last time I read uh, those books was. When did Dance with Dragons come out? 2011? It's been a while, yeah. I think so, yeah. That's the last time I read them was Dance with Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't read them in ages, and they are so good. Like, hearing Jimmy talk about them, I'm like, I do remember how well those – George Martin is a fantastic author. Like, he's a fantastic writer. Like, he is so skilled at writing what he does. I don't think 
the writing is as good in book four and five. Again, I have not read those as much as the first three. That is my opinion. I do not think books four and five are as strong as the first three. Um, but Storm of Swords, the back half of Storm of Swords, how does anybody sleep? Like, how do you do anything <laughs> other than just read those? Like, it is so good. I also like game, uh, Clash of Kings, which people are like, well, no, are you kidding? There's so much political stuff. And the and and the Blackwater battle, like that's that's from history. Like, I if you haven't read them, I can't say anything. But have you read them? You haven't read them, Steve, right? No, uh, starting um, in January. Yeah. After you read Clash of Kings, talk to me, and I'll talk to you all about the the big battle in that one because it makes me so happy because it's like anyway. You can join a discussion for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Settled. So we have Alan here. He's last read these books ten years ago, uh, but it, I don't care. I will talk about. I will talk about like anyway. Okay, they're I'm good. Not. They are. They are excellent. They are excellent oh. books. Um, if I had time, I would absolutely rejoin. So I'll probably just live vicariously. And uh, are you joining the Wars of Light and Shadow read? Those are chunky, chunky books. I'd really like to get to them, but I'd... they are based on. They are. Ba it's, they are based on a real war. Like, and I love stuff that is based on history and I want to read them because my freaking friends keep reading stuff without me, Jimmy and Joanna and Philip and then AP like Jimmy and Joanna. If Philip says, Hey, I'm reading something, Jimmy and Joanna will abandon me so fast. Like literally they will, they will push me into a pit full of scorpions. As long as it means they get to read something with Philip, like they, they ditch me all the time and they're like, oh, I can't read this with you, Alan. And then, you know, it's like, I don't like read Jimmy, Jimmy nuts said, said these words to me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like read alongs because it's too big of a commitment. And then like the next day, he's like, I am committing to reading 11 books an 11 book series on this, on this Wars of Light and Shadow. So I really want to, they're too long and mm. I can't read a trilogy. I, I'm, I'm not reliable to read three books in three months and I'm going to read 11 books in 11 months. I very briefly had a fit of madness where I was like, I'm going to try to join this. And Jimmy was like, no, he's not. And he was right because I was like, I can't do this. I want really badly too, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't have time. Like I, I can't, and it makes me sad. Um, Shogun, the only reason they convinced me to read Shogun with them is because they said they would read it slow over the course of not of more than one month. Cause otherwise I can't fit that in either. It's too long. Like, I don't know where people get us get all this time. Yeah. Yeah, I will be reading Martin Baker and Erickson at the same time. I'm uh, I'll manage because Daniel that's Daniel. What are you doing, stuff. Steve? What I'm, are you doing? This is what we're doing. We're 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 taking it really slow because we're only reading a couple chapters a week. So that's a good way for us to uh to maintain. So I'm spreading things out. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, like I yeah. can't body reads with people because they every time betray me. Every time. Um, I am a slow reader because I'm just slow. And so they'll start with me and then they will just finish the book on the next day. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I have 60% of the book left. So thanks for leaving me in the dust. And they always like, no, I won't do that. And then they do it. And they do it because I am Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. That's me every time, every time. Well, we're, we're taking things really slow. And we're also reading uh, the Daddy Lion Dynasty too. Don't forget about Steve, that. what are you doing? 
That, but things that's what they're gonna do with Shogun. They're all like, no, Alan, definitely join us for Shogun. We're gonna read it slow. They're gonna finish it in two weeks. Like I know, I know that I can feel it in my bones to quote Sarah J. Mass. I know, I know, I know they're gonna do it. I know they're gonna do it to me because I trust them, and it is my fate for my trust to be betrayed by those closest to me. So I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Like this, Mark, you heard it here first. I prophesied like, like Cassandra, no one will believe me. They're going to, they're going to leave me in the dust. I know. Yeah. It. No, we're, we're, uh, we, we said, we've set the expectations pretty quick. Cause we're, uh, Prince of nothing. We meet every Friday and then for Malaz and we're reading, we're meeting every few weeks. So it's working out. Okay. We just, the trick is to plan the next meetup. And that way, we we can keep each other. I, I want I want to read um, Prince of Nothing, um, but like I I came out of like a really bad reading slump, and I don't want to read anything that dense. Like I just don't. Uh, so I'm tr and I'm also I'm also kind of really on a historical fiction kick right now. I've just like you know it's what I I, I teach ancient history and stuff, and so it's just it's in my it's occupying a lot of my brain space, and so I'm really wanted. I'm really wanting to read a lot of that. And I'm also trying to finish series, but I do want to read Prince of Nothing, mm -hmm. but I want, you know, I want to have time to read it because yeah. it is dense, right? Like it is dense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but I do, I do want to read it. Um, so, yeah. That's good. Yolene, I know it's getting late for you. <laughs> what time is there, Yolene? It's like 3? Um, 2, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Okay. What? Yeah. I'm sorry I showed up late. We could have ended this an hour ago. Uh, no, it's fine. It's a Friday night. Next time, like, know what? Look, I tell every person that I know and every one of my students because they're like, hey, Mr. Walker, will you remember to do this thing? I'm like, no. So just send me an email. Remind me. Like, I'll do it. But you got to. I am very bad at task remembrance. So no one is ever bothering me if they're like, hey, don't forget. Like, be, like, <laughs> give me, give me will remind me the day of chatting with nuts and be like, hey. You're still on for chatting with nuts, right? In 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just eating. Sorry. Um, no one's ever bothered me. I am horrible at remembering crap. I remember basic facts. Like, that's fine. Stuff I got to do. No, I need a calendar. My wife is like, you need a calendar. I'm like, I know. And then I won't get myself <laughs> one. And then literally next week, I'll be like, I'll find out that day. Well, I got a live tonight. Completely forgot about it. Completely forgot. So let's change our plans for tonight. Whoops. <laughs> so yeah we have a calendar without that i'd be lost so i need it but yeah. next time i'll remember that it's eastern that it's okay <laughs> I'll, I'll remember your central so I'll, I'll convert it to central and then you'll assume it's eastern and then we'll still and then i'll show up an hour early yeah. <laughs> which is better at least that's better yeah cool uh thanks alan for hanging out with us really thanks for appreciate having me sorry it. for, I know sorry for making your channel so noisy like i know no, it's I'm, it's, I'm a, it's entertaining noisy. i'm the anti-steve Steve is just like, welcome back to Steve Talks Books. I'm here to, <laughs> I'm here to accompany you on your morning drive to work. Uh, very chill here. And then I'm the angry pundit, like screaming at like, you know, I'm, I'm the shock jock. Like, can you believe this? And then got the little noises <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good stuff. And Yolene. Uh, so thanks again, Yolene. I know it's late for you. Appreciate you staying up with us. Yes. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's always a, a great way to end the work week. Yes. Uh, Yolene, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? 
Well, on my YouTube channel, of course. And besides that, either Discord or send me an email, old school, something like that. Old I school. have a Twitter, I have an Instagram, but I'm never there. So if I, I never ignore people, but I just might not see your message. So then just try another way. Pinging me on Discord is literally the fastest way to get, because <laughs> I've always, like, I always am in Discord and I, I always have like, like the pings are the things that I see that stay on my notification screen. Um, Cause other, other stuff I forget to check. Um, so if anyone ever needs to talk to me, ping me in Discord um, or, or like Twitter messages pop up, but then it gets buried by my notifications somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's funky. Comment on people. And just yeah. say, hey, because that pops up too. And I'll be like, oh crap. Oh crap. <laughs> Good way. Where can people find you? Other uh, Discord is the best place or your channel, Alan? What, me? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, my channel, Library of Alexandria and Discord. Um, yeah, my Discord. I'm, it's on, it's in, if you go to a video, it's, it's linked there. Um, but yeah, pinging me is the is the fastest fastest way. I don't. Oh, I don't have a Discord that forbids that. By the way, like I'm not gonna kick you out. For, some people like, uh, sorry to ping you. I'm like, why would you be sorry? You needed to ask me a question and you pinged me. Okay, it doesn't bother me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't let people ping you? No, no, no. I, I always feel He's a tyrant. Whenever I ping someone, I always oh, yeah. always oh, apologize. I got it. Yeah, you, Make, you never yeah. know because some people really don't like that. No, yeah. the only time you need to apologize is for using the everyone ping. Like that's the yeah. only yeah. that's like I even do that. I'm like, hey everyone, sorry for doing that. And then there's some discords who literally anytime they have something to say or anytime a video loads up at everyone. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I I can't. I can't justify using the everyone paying that much. I just can't do it. So everyone, uh, yeah. I don't know how you guys keep up with the Discord. I can't do it. It's too much. For it, me. it is. It is. It is. It's hard. Like running a channel. Y'all know. Y'all have channels. Like having. Like being on BookTube is a lot of work. Like it's a yeah. huge commitment being on lives, and then you've got to read, and then you've got to film, and then you've got to edit, and if you want to community build it all, like. You got to talk in freaking, you got to talk somewhere. And so, you know, that takes time to talk to people and everything. And I, on my burnout, I felt bad because I wasn't talking to anybody hardly at all because most of my discord was going to my, my class, like my, my, my club at school has a discord and there was a lot going on with the club. So all of my bandwidth for online discourse was going to that. And so now it's shifted back to where it needs to be. And so I'm, talking way more now which is good because that's that's the fun part is yeah. talking to people we had a we turned my discord into literally a fire sale where we put everything on on blaze we attacked kyle and then we attacked bookborn and uh <laughs> we just slandered everybody it was so much fun and no one got their feelings hurt because we, we were just kidding but i'll argue with anybody about anything for any reason and so just so you know if you don't know bookborn is called hacksaw hillary um she gave her hacksaw. favorite book her favorite book is Warbringer, War, War, Warbreaker. Is that the is that the Sanderson one, Warbreaker? Yeah, yeah, that's her favorite book, and she gave it seven point five out of ten. That's her that's her favorite book. Um, she doesn't like anything. So just letting you know, if you even look at those Spiffbo scores, please note Bookborn, her number one finalist, seven out of ten. Hacksaw Hillary, spread the word, spread Hacksaw the word. <laughs> I'll tell you next time I see you. You should. Tell everyone. Yeah. She'll immediately message me and scream at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, 
Thanks again, Alan and, and uh, Yulian, and of course, Matt, who had to skip out early for a date night. But thanks everyone who came by to uh, hang out with us and interact. It's always it's always better when people are hanging out and mm-hmm. going back and forth. So thanks. I, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Everyone in the chat. Thank <laughs> you.